I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Shannon Feltis. I'm Bonnie Dutch. And this is You, you Are, are that. that. We are two sisters who cannot take a compliment. Nope. Today on the podcast, we have friend, Alaska native and bass player for Portugal the Man, and overall total charmer. We have Zachary Carruthers <laughs> on the podcast. Hey. Hi. Thank you for taking time out and oh, of course. letting us join you. It's good to see you gals, as always. I love it. We just got the grand tour of your home, hey, and now we're yeah. chilling in a studio feeling real legit we're in a cabin in the woods let's really be realistic it's yeah. raining this here in oregon great. it's beautiful and i'm so excited you're get <laughs> you're my friend yeah and i love you dearly i love you too Bonnie. known you for years but like the people will love this and i'm excited for the people i'll do my darndest <laughs> no you pressure guys, the people are gonna love they're this. gonna love this i'm just so damn likable you are and really the truly. whole point of the podcast is to bring on people you think you know because you see them in the media you read about them we've had all walks of life on the podcast from doctors to scientists to musicians and comedians and actors and it's fun to just have the whole thing go away like, you let it dissolve. You know, but you have no idea. Everyone's, we're all just people. We're all just doing the fucking best we can. Yeah, and we all have shit. Yeah. weird shit. You could be worse off. You're pretty, <laughs> yeah, no, you're yeah, pretty put sure. together. And well. I, <laughs> on paper, you look great. For a musician, you're not failing. That's yeah, a, okay. Yeah, yeah, you're still like a humble, nice person for a basis for a basis you could be worse you could be a drummer (laughs) it's fine do you want to tell everyone a little bit about you yeah sure so i am i'm from alaska i play bass in portugal the man i uh, help run the ptm foundation i like to fish i like to juggle and um lately i've been real lazy i've been liking hanging around my house normally i'm not at home i'm all over somewhere else and i gotta say 
it's been pretty nice to just uh, be here and sit in one spot. Right. You have the opposite problem of most people in the pandemic. Yeah. Everyone's scratching to get out of their house to go back to work. And you're like, I could do this forever. I <laughs> have earned the right to just be a homesteader. Oh, yeah. yeah. I am. I am fine if I never, ever leave again <laughs> and I never see anyone again. I'm totally OK with that. You, ha- you have to. Yeah. But it's nice that you have a place to come home to. It's pretty good. And I love that you call Portland home. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we've been here. I've been here 20 years, 21 years, something like that. Yes, we've relocated to Portland because it's just an amazing place. And yeah, this this place is our home now. Miss Alaska a lot. Always rep it. But uh, Portland is our Portland's our base camp for sure. It's not too far. Not too far. It could, you know, it could be really far away. Totally. But it's kind of also that thing where like Portland is wildernessy enough. It's nature yeah. enough that you can get all the Alaskans to come to you and be like, come take a vacation in Portland. Yeah, totally. If you want to still live out your uh, your outdoorsy life, but still, you know, want a good meal or, you know, some you want some culture and some art, yeah. you can get it here. It's you a good wanna, mix of both. You want to go to an outlet mall and not drive <laughs> four hours through the snow. Totally, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if we have outlet malls in Alaska. Oh, my God. You, oh, or right or all malls or outlet she, malls. He said in Alaska. Oh, okay. I was right. like... Right around the corner. I used to oh, I, oh, I got an outlet mall. <laughs> Those were my outlet malls. I've lived, I've lived next to it for a year and a half. Never been in any store. It's yeah. wild. There. Hit up the Pendleton shop, man. Yeah. Just right after Christmas. Though, yeah. And you get all the... I usually hit deals. that up in the airport. Somewhere more. <laughs> Pro tip, my mom gets 25% off for life. Woo! So That's tight. <laughs> if you want a little discount mom on the mom. $700 blankets your mom likes that will last me. you forever. My mom fucking loves you. She does. So let me tell you a funny little quick aside. She doesn't know who Portugal the man is. She didn't know anything about you. She just called you the handsome guy with a nice smile. I think his name's Zach. And the next day I played you the music and she said, oh, these guys are funky. (laughs) And I was like, yes, they are funky, mom. And you've probably seen them in passing on like a Taco Bell commercial or like she goes, oh, so they're like real musicians. And I was like, (laughs) yes. And she goes, well, He's so nice, though. And I was like, I love that my mom, my mom married my dad because she saw him in concert and said, he's cute. I want him. And he was the backup singer and the guitar player at a festival. So she knows the music life mm-hmm. enough to be like, most musicians aren't as sweet and nice as that. Aww, there's show guy Thanks, and then there's the other guy. Yeah. So you came to my wedding. <coughs> I did. It was lovely. Oh, my God. That was so fun. And you're talking to me. I'm wearing my bridal attire. And you said to me, I know it's your day, but I got more important people to talk to. And I said, who's more important than the bride? And you ran away and you said, your mom. And ran over to my mom and hung out with my mom. And I was like, that was adorable. It was, it was pretty cute. She got lots of fun attention yeah. that night. She was having a ball. Oh, yeah. She was partying. That was great. She's totally sober. I know. Right? She was, she was just whooping it up. Yeah. And I was like, you look wasted. She my <laughs> like, butt. She pinched your butt. She pinched my butt. Uh, and she said it in a way that was like, you guys got several pictures. And she said, well, his face is so cute. Let's see what his face looks like when I pinch his butt. <laughs> so she let you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. And she then you went me. with it. So I was like, yeah. consent? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was consensual. Yeah, no. She's cool. That's so funny. Consensual pinching. Yeah. Uh-huh. Awesome. Mom was getting it. She went home satisfied. She was satiated. Oh, my God. I'm proud of it. We like to tell our meet cute stories of how we uh, know our guests. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to pinpoint, yeah. but I think I found it because my memory is so bad. Okay. So someone said to me, some friends from Alaska are here at a party. Do you want to go? And I went to this party and I met you and John and I didn't know half the people there. 
And it's funny because those people became the community for years. Like the Portland house party, Edward Forty Hands basement (laughs) shows. Oh, yeah. Those were the people. And everyone dated everyone. And it was an interesting time in our lives. Uh, Yeah, the early 20s of mine became a blur of Anatomy of a Ghost shows Mm -hmm. in in improperly vented rooms. Yes. Followed by... Animal masks as ah, you guys yeah, slowly yeah. morphed into Portugal the man yeah. and a keyboard was added and strobe lights happened and we got to watch this beast created. I remember only seeing the masks. You were like a ship in the night that passed before I showed up all the time, but there was masks at yeah. Bonnie's apartment at one point and I was like, What is going on in your life? <laughs> there was just what that donkey happening? mask that lived in our house for a really it was long a time. Horse. Yeah, it was uh, a donkey or a horse. horse. Both. We had, we had a lot of masks. There was a lot of masks. We lost most of them in Really sweaty. Yeah. They were like, yeah, duct taped on yep. the back to hold the on. The horse and the rabbit are the two terrifying things that yeah. I encountered that I recall. It'll stay in my, in my mind. And I loved it because I overheard some dude in like a Rise Records fucking hoodie. That was yep. the thing was there's just a gang of dudes in black Rise Record hoodies everywhere. Fearless Record hoodies. It was just like a battle of like record label hoodie guys. But I heard this guy behind me go, I don't get the masks. I don't know. The sound's a little different. Like they sound the same, but not a fucking keyboard. They're never going to make it with a keyboard. That's what I heard someone say and be like, I don't know. I don't know if I like this new sound. I think of that moment to where like the transition between Anatomy of a Ghost coming to Portland and it was set it was like circus survive time it oh, was yeah. everyone had the high-pitched like when you listen to it they're like i love this girl's voice and then you yeah. see him live and you're like this little boy with flipped out hair has very high vocals and i can't <laughs> he's tiny and he's getting it so it was such a weird time for music of just everyone just doing whatever they want it was like noise math rock core everything was just as violently scripted as possible and we got to watch you guys turn into this thing that was like actually we're gonna make you all dance right now (laughs) and it's gonna be really fun and you're all gonna clap 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 along and sing all the words with us and i was like this is fantastic and then bonnie's hands go like this oh yeah Yeah. she's always got those yep they call my jesus hands yeah it's my my christian high school or you just you raise it up you know you give it to him youth group release give it to him i don't believe in him anymore but the hands is like Lindsay and i have that inside joke of every time we're we're just getting it we're like jesus you gotta let them know or they're wailing you just gotta be like give me give me the riffs give me the riffs i felt so old (laughs) at your show just saw you recently at Edgefield for the final summer concert there. Yeah. And so fun. Hadn't seen you since Nashville. And it was great. But I was doing the hands. And then also at one point I whipped out a real lighter. And I, I looked around. That. And yeah. I saw, thank you. A lot of phones. I saw all the phones. And this guy next to me goes, Haha, you just told me how old you were and you're totally. my age. Yeah. And I was like, it hurts. It's burning me. It's, <laughs> Bur- it's worth it. It's so- this yeah. is the commitment we did. I'm retro. And also I'm one of like 10 smokers here. Like That's smoking. Things out, lighters are out. Mm-hmm. You get the boomer but, burns. Yeah, yep. that was my boomer burn. And then Shannon, your origin that. story to finally meeting Zach. Oh my god! After all these years, so long Weird, over, yeah. Like you I guys had to it. have met in passing at one point. I'm sure. Like fleeting, but like where you guys were there, and then we were on our way in, on our way out, like picking something up, dropping something off. It was when Bonnie <coughs> lived downtown, but there was like always coming and goings. And I 307? Looked... Yes, you're so good. Oh, pretty good memory. Portland Chainsaw Massacre 307. Yeah. yeah. That was a brutal apartment. It was art school dormitories. Yeah. yeah. 
that we misused entirely. I didn't go to school. I skipped all my art school classes. It was awful. So I never went, but we did often have bands stay at our apartment. Often. It was a band hostel. Yes. We were band moms. You did their laundry. You cooked the meals. I had quarters waiting. I was like, who needs clean jeans? It was the best ever. And that I met... I mean, there was all who needs to dry your pants because they're not tight enough anymore. (laughs) They went over your foot. Let's get those dry. Let's get those tight. That's 100% true because there was a time where I rolled in in the living room. I think you were probably there because I think that this was Bonnie McKenna's apartment. There was dudes asleep on any surface that was available. Mm -hmm. The masks were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure this was that same era. But there was a pile of skinny jeans (laughs) and they were all men's jeans. And Bonnie was wearing lots of color at that time, so I knew they weren't her pants. <laughs> McKenna's tiny humans, so they weren't her pants. But it was like a pile of laundry ready to go, and it was all the skinniest jeans I've ever seen in my life. It was great. It was but even time. in those times of super skinny jeans, Zach wore suit pants a lot. You wore oh, suits my Wranglers. for yeah, a yeah. really like long time. You dressed... You were like you kept I'm it sharp late. for I'm a long now, yeah. time. No, you're you've grown comfortable. You can fucking pick what you want to wear now because you're a grown yeah. ass man. Forty. Yeah. I don't give a shit. You look great for forty. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> you look great for being a traveling musician. Uh, period. Yeah. <laughs> That's very true. I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna the die road is any rough. day. Shut oh, your mouth. <laughs> oh my god. Well, this is your memorial episode. No, so. yeah. no. We'll wait. Oh my gosh, that's what our dad said our whole life. Though he's like. Road hard, put away wet. I'm going to oh, die in five years. He he lasted way longer than he planned on, I think. And so right. he was like looking back at his life going, yeah, I probably should have taken better care of my body. Like but when also, I could have. The guys yeah. that say that, I'm going to die anytime now. You're going to say that for a really fucking long time because you're never going to die. Well, yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm invincible also. But <laughs> I'm yeah. invincible. I'm well pickled. I got a lot of, you know, it's all the, the things that go be... in my body. You're like, fermented. Keep... Yeah, right? I'm like, I'll last in the jar for a while. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I do. That's like awful that we're laughing at it, but I also enjoy it. It was a pickle joke. I'm here for all. Pickle I love jokes. pickle jokes. Yeah. Really. So you met him in passing at some yeah. point, but then you guys got to bro down a little bit at the wedding. Yes. And finally. Oh, yeah. But it felt like I was talking to somebody I've known for 20 years. Yeah. So same. It just yeah. Felt like, yeah. I, was like, I know oh, yeah. you. It's cousin Zach. He's, like, he's looking yeah. at you. I know you. Yeah. <laughs> we also have. We're kind of. In person, yeah, it's pretty easy to get along with you if I know her. Well, that's how I was describing your mom and your brother because it's once you know Zach, when you meet someone that is an exact replica (laughs) of another person, you guys have the same face three different ways. Yeah, yeah. it's so weird. But when I first met your mom, I was like in love with her because I was like, You have Zach's face, so I feel like I know you, so I'm gonna just like hug you all the time. I'm gonna try to pick you up, I'm gonna (laughs) talk to you about weird stuff. Everyone's doing keg stands, and it's crazy. And we're in a house party, but I'm gonna like, I'm gonna corner you and be your best friend because I feel like I know you. I joke that it's because Bonnie and I are old inside, and we always have been that we just like bond with the parents in the room and then look at the room like look at these fucking crazy kids (laughs) like as though we're also the parents we're old at heart okay so we are a few weeks away from thanksgiving and we love to touch base on food and family and all the fun and nostalgia that surrounds the holiday season so we're going to jump in and ask you some fun kitty questions to follow we are going to step out of our regularly scheduled zone and talk more about Native people and indigenous practices and the Portugal the Man Foundation. Yeah. The PTM. PTM Foundation. Yeah. Way easier. Portugal, period. The Man <laughs> 
Foundation. And we're going to have a twofer this week because we are also joined by your friend, April Holder. And I made the joke that I was like, yeah, I will. I'm going to hold her. And then I made you not tell her. So now I'm telling on myself. So I was like, I'm a fucking creepy weirdo. Uh, but we have. Oh, she is too. You guys are going to get along This is well. so cool for us to have the availability. Not only are you home, which yeah. is like so rare. It's dope. But we have the community advisor for the Portugal Demand Foundation, mm-hmm. and she has her hand in all kinds of things. She's a talented artist. She works with indigenous women rights. I did a deep dive, and now I'm like we have privileged to be sitting yeah. in a room with her. We got overly excited. I figured we, you guys would like. It warms my heart. So we're going to talk about all kinds of stuff on this fun podcast. It's going to be a great episode. Let the weird brain dives begin. Are you ready to get weird and look into dark parts of your mind that you covered up with alcohol a long time ago? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah. So I have a horrible memory. And as we kick off this jolt down memory lane, I have to know if you remember this particular Thanksgiving that we spent together. <laughs> yep. Tiny little apartment. You already remember? Oh, yeah, I remember, yeah. <laughs> Northeast Portland, we had Friendsgiving with all of our orphans, as yep. we called you all, aka you band boys and some local friends. We cooked full classic turkey feast and we're almost done. Everyone was waiting for frantic manic Bonnie who gets in a mode where I'm like, no, I have to, I have to. It's almost time. Hold on, hold on. And I decided I wanted to just broil the top of the sweet potatoes and the the mallows expanded (laughs) and touched the broil coil and caught a flame. And I, in a panic, forgot the wise words of my grandma and my mother. And I took the Pyrex out and looked and it's on fire. So I tossed it in the sink where we had been keeping dirty dishes and some standing water. And the Pyrex exploded all over the kitchen, like minutes before we were serving stuff. So we didn't get sweet potatoes. And I remember all you boys... How is it? Is good? Oh, yeah, your gravy's really good. But, man, you know what I could kill for? Some fucking sweet potatoes. Like, yeah, the whole the, time. We pretty thick. Just harp it yeah. on me. And it was such a cute, tiny apartment. And I don't know how we, <laughs> we fit, like, 12 people in there. That weird yeah, table we God. made. Yeah. And it was so fun. What is your most memorable food-related holiday memory? Mm. Mine is, it's a little, it's a little more broad. It's not like a specific moment, but it's about my grandmother, uh, who is an amazing lady and a really good cook in a really weird way. She was like, you know, grew up during the depression. Oh and yeah. Stuff. So like she takes she, boxes of weird shit and you're like, how did you turn potatoes into a Exactly. Pie? Yeah. It was, it was the, it was always, yeah, we have no idea how she did that magic. And she passed away when I was about 17, but she made these, she made a couple dishes and there was a thing called cherry squares that were just these super sweet, amazing things. And during Thanksgiving and Christmas, there were like me and my cousins, all our favorite things were the cherry squares. They were just unbelievably delicious. And we, I have very, very talented chefs in my family. Like my mom's a fantastic cook. Everyone is. Everyone has tried to recreate the cherry squares. <gasps> no Every year we try it. it. Oh, no, no one can do it. It's like not even, I don't you know. You all what sit around happened. and you go, the, it's the flavor's almost there, but the texture's like, mm. yeah, we like we can't oh, figure it out, and I'm wondering if she game. just had some old can of some kind of weird Crisco alternative that was like illegal. She used like since a generic discontinued. Yeah, she used like, like, lard and just never told you, and it's just straight. Maybe, oh. yeah, yeah, but we don't know how she did it. And so that's like my main. When I think about Thanksgiving, that's the cherry squares are the first thing that I think of. And my aunt's green bean casserole. Aww. I love that shit. I love green bean casserole. Oh, yeah. Not everybody loves get, it. It gets a bad rap. Or yeah. people do weird shit. Or people shit put weird it. shit in it. Yeah. And yeah. you can't go I fancy. Like you don't it. use don't go to the farmer's market and buy fresh green no. beans. No, no, no. It has cans, to be it's gotta be the French French's onions, yeah. yeah. Gross cans where you pour it out. It has that like 
smell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's and it's got to be yeah. like yeah. cream soup. Exactly. Yeah. So we mixed it up barely and put like chopped water chestnuts in sometimes. Mm-hmm. I put bacon and in mine sometimes. Bacon stank Ooh. though. I mean, obviously That's pretty fun, yeah. But I've tried it like a bunch of weird different ways. I'm like, you just can't. And in my house, I think so I'm good. the only person that eats it, but I'll still make like a little a little batch because I will eat that soupy shit for like three days as yeah. breakfast and just be like, yes, green bean casserole. Brunch pile. I'm a brunch pile. I know. I'm like, sandwich. I'm so hungry. I feel like when he was telling you about the cherry squares, oh, I could you saw see my your brain. gears mm-hmm. turning. I have questions. Her brain goes challenge accepted because yeah, now hold my beer she's oh no yeah she's going to make you 900 versions of cherry and squares now and eat. make you sit and mm-hmm. taste them all and be like tell me what's bad or good about these and i then was taught deal by the grandma way of cooking yeah. so i'm like mm, i think i can yeah. picture what corners she cut to make it good yeah. i described something for her that i ate at a restaurant in nashville and they did <laughs> polenta tots and I was like, they're so good. And there was this bacon aioli. And like, then they discontinued them off the menu. And I threw such a little hissy fit. The only reason I come here is for the motherfucking tots. Yeah. And they're like, Get well, the guy who made them like left. So I sent Shannon their menu and just the way they were described. And when I came home, she had gotten these little cylinder cutters and made like tot shapes. They were just square at the restaurant, but she I made them tot shapes. Yeah. Yes. And That's the bacon awesome. aioli. And I put my recipe on my blog. They're so fucking good. It was so good. And she let me like taste the memory and then find find it in my brain and then she like tweaked it and I was like this is it she's so good at it that was yeah. a ticket yeah alright it's fucking good canned cherries or fresh cherries definitely canned cherries oh yeah canned yeah, yeah. yeah okay the, the yeah, cheapest ingredients yeah. ever and oh, I'll I'm send so you the excited. recipe <laughs> But it's, it's just like, yeah, it's not right. I'm very excited. To I'm see really you excited this. for this. this I love your both. My entire thing. family will help. Like, oh, like, will. Oh, like, I'll fucking mail them you. to your family. Yeah, yeah. I'll overnight that shit. To oh my god, day. this is how you yeah. become best friends with Judy. Like straight Done. out the gate. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I got. You guys know trade flower gardens, seeds, man. I gotta know. It's. I will send her seeds. <laughs> That's up. That's my favorite. This is actually a podcast about Judy. Hi, Judy. This is just a hey, love mom. letter to Miss your you. mom. No big deal. All right. What is I your know question, I podcast Pam? about dicks. I'm like, I mean, totally. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we can't. No, you're mouth. not allowed to say hi, mom. And then the next thing that comes out of your mouth is about uh, I gotta, gotta fuck with things. I know. Here, Mother Judy, we're talking about dicks now. She okay, loves you. So. I'm a super nerd about crazy shit. And the Alaska thing is fascinating to me. So I went down the rabbit hole, mm-hmm. like I was yeah. saying, about all the facts. Uh, the long days in Alaska, there is world record-breaking vegetable sizes, 76-pound rutabaga. The cabbages were way bigger. It's crazy. As a kid, mm-hmm. for the long Alaska nights, what did you do for fun? I just picture our streetlights on, coming home thing doesn't apply there. And then we would have been <laughs> reckless, wild, feral children running around. Yes, if we had so, extended night hours. Right. What the fuck did you guys do? Well, it's generally freezing in the middle of winter, so it's like oh, there's it's a lot true. of... You know, seasonal depression up there, and a lot of people get bummed out. Not me. I like metal. I can't. And, like, I can't I'm, picture I'm you depressed. Stuff. No, yeah, yeah. It doesn't They're happen so often. Cheery. But yeah, honestly, I don't really remember. I mean, that's why I started playing music. I guess is Indoor just because you're just trapped inside. Yeah, because like if you if you work a nine to five, you're in high school or something. You know, the sun comes up at about ten thirty a.m. and it goes down about two thirty, three thirty. Jesus, in the that's like four so, yeah. hours of vitamin D. You gotta. Yeah, yeah. and if you're it. at work or in school, yeah. you straight up don't see the sun until the weekend. And so it's kind of fucked up. But I like the dark. I like the cold. I embrace it. You know, I just doing the bane was thing. Like you merely mischief. adopted the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> was there like I picture in like junior high, high school, we had like that token friend that had the cool basement. You oh, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like where everyone hung out, where their parents were never home. Everything's in darkness, and we're just 
for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. kicking it in basements. Can, Are there we, basements we in Alaska? Yeah, we do. Not not a lot. Um, but we got a lot of shops and cabins and stuff like that. And my house was the hang house because you know my mom's great, and so I can't even imagine. Yeah, it like, was a, and my house was pretty close snacks. to town, and everybody, oh. all my other friends, live like forty-five really far minutes away. away. Yeah, and so it's a very spread out place. And so my house was kind of central. So every day after school, people come over and just hang out at my house. But yeah, it was fun. Did a lot. Of, I mean, there's a lot of drinking and drugs going on in a small town that's dark all the time. Yeah. I, was, I don't remember what I did that it's much because I didn't like video games. I didn't watch TV. I watched MTV. That was my thing. I was watching yeah. music yeah. videos. Yeah. That's all I would have done stuff, too. Yeah. I think I just, just played guitar in my room it. and yeah, big time Beavis and Butthead for sure. And did you have like little lady girlfriends back then? I did. Little lady girlfriends. Yeah. I just pictured very girlfriend. like proper sweet little prairie girls when you said that. that way. No. Little lady girl, no, Not they're the Alaskan. I, dated, no. I, Alaskan. I feel like girls, every yeah. like all the Alaskan dudes I've met are charming, but then also slightly unpredictable. And then all the Alaskan women I've met are like Ooh. off the wall. Yep. That's like non apologetically, like this is who I am. Fucking, I don't care, and I totally. love them. It's pretty, but fun. they're batshit. Okay. Yeah, total. Batshit. So for comparison, I have a friend named Amanda that I met in college. She reminds me, in hindsight, straight from Alaska to our apartment complex. <laughs> yeah. I met her fresh, fresh from... off the boat. <laughs> She was like Kesha before Kesha was Kesha. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I'm like, but like okay. behavior wise, she might take her pants off at a party and climb a tree. I don't know where the fuck she was half yep. the time. Yeah. Where's great. the Alaskans? Right. Yeah. She was like literally the Alaskan. Yeah. It was pretty great. She was a good time though. She was fun. Good time. Uh, I'm kind of crazy right, yeah. too. So like we were a lot. I we're never, subdued. I kept my pants on. but like, Sometimes. You know. But I'm, then we can be the crazy friends when like other people are being crazy. We're like, oh, we're, we're, oh, we're allowed to be, to be crazy, crazy? Right now? I was probably like, it's look okay. at this bitch with her pants off. Woo, pants off party. So I was probably, pants yeah. off, dance off. That's great. Get it. Ah, oh, I love that. I'm just picturing junior high Zach <laughs> playing the guitar for some pale ass girl dressed in sweaters. <laughs> <laughs> just being like, hey girl, you want to come in my room? <laughs> no, I never played guitar for a... Uh... For, for ladies, ladies. You just, no, that was for you. Thing. Yeah, it's just that was for you. I never like. Your uh, yeah, like I'm a professional musician, and <laughs> I you never used before it. that I was just like, yeah. I'm anytime I go do a thing, they're like, hey, we're gonna have a fire. Like, hey, Zach, bring an acoustic guitar or something. I'm like, no, I don't know. You're any not cover the guy sitting like, around the fire. I respect yeah, you playing one wall now, and to shit. Be honest with you. Oh hell no, never did that. I uh, yeah, Those don't guys? like that. Yeah, not my thing. Don't play music Some of my chicks, best dude. memories are sitting around a fire with random band guys just having them play me guitar and like listening to a bunch of dudes in the dark just like harmonizing. And I was like, what is this? This is fantastic. I know. Mm-hmm. Sunset at the Gorge. I was just like, fire I was with, I was like, God, get that guy just to fucking play the guitar. I'm too drunk <laughs> for this. This guy's bad. Uh, let's go back to talking about Judy. Yes, please. <laughs> yeah. I have a song. Mama Bear. Uh, so it is no secret that Judy <laughs> is a magic gem of a human yes is there something special you remember your mom doing around the holidays that you miss now as an adult like something you're looking forward to oh man just the a thousand little things like Mm. she would just she really cared they would you know my parents would stay up all night before christmas or anything like that um yeah this isn't a thanksgiving thing but at christmas one like any i remember i I was a little kid and i had a hamster named cotton ball (sighs) And all I wanted, and I brought this up last minute, I wanted to, like, talk to Santa and, you know, all that shit. And I was like, I want Cotton Ball to have his own Christmas tree. And so (gasps) my my mom, like, went out after I went to bed. Chopped a tiny little branch. A tiny little (laughs) Christmas tree. And, like, 
somehow found like little tiny presents and tiny ornaments. Oh my, but my mom gosh. did a lot of like miniature dough art, so she had a lot of like tiny oh, yeah. things. Around she the just house. whipped them up, no problem. Yeah, and like I got up the next morning and went straight to that, and that's my favorite little thing. And like it was goddamn adorable. My hamster loved it, and uh, <laughs> and yeah, but just like little things like that. She just cared. She. Uh, oh. God. Every morning, my sack lunch had like a cartoon on it or something. Like that. She's, she's a really good artist too, actually. And she would just draw something funny. She, I don't know. She just like took the time. She gave me a lot of space to do whatever I wanted to. She let us be loud in the basement. Mm-hmm. That's like our downstairs was like the band room. Yeah, she she's put good up with boy just, mom. Oh yeah, yeah. She just, just put up with fucking Slayer and Pantera and God. Rage Against the Machine Aww. all day. Yeah, every day. And she put up with a lot of shit. But yeah, yeah. So she's like. Yeah, she's the best. That's like my favorite thing. Shannon's eyes are all teared up. I love a good boy, Mom. She won't take down my posters and shit still. I have old set lists from a shitty high school band up on the wall. I'm like, Mom, you can get rid of that stuff. She's like, no, I can't. And uh, It's, It's like I feel proud to have watched you grow into the person you are now and i've only known you like what like like 18 years Somewhere. so i'm just yeah, like yeah. just a small portion yeah. of your life i can't even imagine being the mother of zach and nick and you guys are both like no, such fabulous yeah. human men and an example for men everywhere and <laughs> to grow up in that house with her being so supportive she actively listened to you and yeah. then, like, made your tiny little wishful dreams come oh, true. Oh, for sure. And she Fucking did that, like, in a thousand magic. different ways all the time. Oh. And she's still, like, it's, it's to a fault now. Now, whenever we put out a new album, like, I send her a shit ton of CDs. and Because she's going to tell the town. She's going to yeah, pass absolutely. them out. The postman gets but one. But she cannot help it. For just to talk to like the poor girls that like that check out at Best Buy or something, we put out. <laughs> She's a new wearing album. your shirt, She's like, my yep. son. She literally will just go buy an album just so that she can tell the lady that that she's my mom and like oh, that it's is ridiculous. so fucking she buys cute, so much though. shit. No, that and is you're like the stop spending your money, thing. mom. I'll send I, you everything. I but, do, and she's like, no. Well, I gotta if I see it, then I gotta tell this checkout girl. That, of like, course, and yeah. you know yeah, what? From the perspective of she's that your checkout team. girl. Later, she's going to be like, you're never going to believe who fucking came through here and talked to me today. <laughs> like, that is... I don't know. It depends Not on... Not Wasilla Lassie, yeah, I was gonna because say. everybody's like, oh, it yeah, it's happened to me small. four times. They're like, here comes Judy. Yep, yep. Oh, I know that lady. Well, at least yeah. she's cool. The guys were on MTV yeah. last night. Yep. Let's see. Let's, yep. Judy's going to tell Bring us about yep, it. She's going to record it. Yeah. She's going to invite everyone she to start, watch it She's taking it back now that we've gotten like, pretty big, and now she doesn't want to brag or anything, but like the early years, oh, it's fucked up. Now she, she totally gets to brag. Yeah, yeah but now she yeah. kind of she tones it down a little oh bit. But um, it was funny. She was recently at a little festival that we have in Alaska called Salmon Fest, which is really fun. Yeah, and, um, that sounds rad. And she was wearing one of our shirts, like the uh, like Portugal, before they sold out. I love that shirt. I saw and, your mom in that shirt and right? fucking died. Oh, she's got like, uh, she's always wearing her shit. But she was wearing that at the show, and... And some fans started like backing us up and, and like, they're oh like hey, they didn't sell out. They did this shit. And my, and my mom's just like, she's really proud because she was like, yeah, your fans are like coming to your defense. And, yes. Uh, but she was just like, no, nah, they made this shirt. They're funny. And I'm, you know, the bassist mom and stuff like that. It's like, and I then know. they stopped and they saw her face and they were like, they morphed in their brain and they were <laughs> yeah, like, oh yeah. my God, how did I not realize yeah. I was then, talking to the maker? And then, of, of course, she like made them food and they hung out all weekend. <laughs> yeah, and stuff of like course. Yeah. Oh my God. Of course. They're she now became friends, best so They'll friends. probably be at Christmas when I go home. I did that though. I saw a kid at a show and mm-hmm. I sent you a picture yeah, and yeah, was yeah. like look at this fucking shirt and you're like Bonnie we make those yeah. and I was like oh hilarious real talk I haven't bought Portugal Demand merch ever well, no, 
Because it was just hanging around your house. It was just in my house, and I just had all the, like, the one-off prints. Yeah. Ram was printed weird on the side, and it's, I was missing. Bonnie wore it for, like, four years and then turned it into a pillow. And then made a pillow for my son out of it or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Portugal the Man pillows. Oh, that's awesome. Send me some pictures of that. I like it. That's that's super funny. And, yeah, yeah, she's hilarious like that. Dude, if Aiden was in a band, I'd be neurotic. Like, I would be be Judy. I would do the same thing. I'd be, like, at Bymart getting fucking chicken food and be like, hi, guess what? Do you know who my son is? I'd be so bizarre. Oh, you know what I wish that they still did? And tell me if it exists and I'm just like waxing nostalgia for something. Remember when you'd go in Spencer's and flip through all the band posters? And it'd be like black light velvet ones into the band. And then it'd be like, you know, like a Green Day poster. You'd go like flip through and get all of them. Bring back posters, but I want to see like like the full current portugal the man with everyone just like done up in like the most ridiculous way oh yeah just okay. like I love with that. like yeah. your fake fucking signatures already on it yeah you know, just like bam bop on the wall like yeah, i posters want that now they're all thick and screen printed and i know limited and edition yeah, yeah. fuck that <laughs> let's just bring back like yeah i love this seven dollar poster that you're going through yeah. and you're going hate this band hate that oh they have a new portugal it's the the ones when you're at a show yeah. and you walk by their merch table and it's the poster of them that they mm-hmm. sign like yeah. aiden has the Aquabats are his. Oh, right. Yeah. Those are his he, jam jam. he got their autograph on their poster. I want I want a Portugal poster for his. Uh, like a little, I'll get you a poster, Oh, my yeah. God. Aiden would be like, these are mine. These are my people. <laughs> I'll work on, like, the, the oh glossy, the, 90, the 80s the and 90s posters. Cheesy. I got lots so of the nice ones. huge. I wish I could go back in time and strip my wall before I went to college because when I moved, I had been street team for a bunch of people and then also just collected posters like and pins. Remember, Lindsay and I had those fucking. I loved pins. They were so they were (laughs) so rusty. Your band. I have tons of those still. I could feel them still. I could feel it still. If I reach my hand in the. I knew that was coming. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Wait for it. Perfect. <laughs> I hate myself. For <laughs> but I had all the pins, Check and then leaves. I had so many posters. And when I left, my brother took over my room. Was like, I'm in high school. She fucking left. <laughs> oh, totally. And yeah. I had a queen size bed. He had a twin, so he just like took over my room in the yeah. back of the house with like my stereo and everything. But I used to get so high and stare at all my posters, oh my and just they were ceiling uh, the same, whole thing yeah. collage. I was covered. Yep. And I was like, if I can go back in time, some of those posters, man. No. Band-related question. So this is a segue I'm stealing. Gotcha. <laughs> so you've toured everywhere. When you were a younger band man, and you're like musically thinking about where you would go, was there a place you've always wanted to visit, and have you gotten to go there yet? Yeah, I always wanted to go to Africa. Cool. We went. It was awesome. Didn't get to spend as much time as we wanted to there, but it was the best trip I've ever taken. Um, I always wanted to go to Japan. We have. It's rad. And Russia. For some reason, Ooh. and we just went uh, a couple years ago. What? We had a hit in Russia. We had like a number one album in Russia. So what? weird. Yeah, yeah it's weird. Yes, yeah, so we had a lot of fun. Yeah, I was honestly, I just wanted to go everywhere. I just wanted to meet people and beat the streets, eat the food, drink the drinks, mm-hmm. walk yeah. up some mountains, just get fish. the culture, see yeah, what's totally, up. Yeah. Soak it in. We have a thing. If you're only in a town for a night, yeah. Um, cause it's really hard cause we're interested in things, but, um, so I have a system. If you're only in town for a night and you play the show, you only have a couple hours. I go to the nicest restaurant and the shittiest bar. <gasps> and just yes! from there, you can kind of see what the world is like there. Yeah. Yeah. You see the people, you see, you talk to some plan. people and yeah, that's like, if you only have a couple hours in a city, go yeah. to a really nice restaurant and go to a really, really shitty bar. 
And it's like, okay, you I kind of get a get a little bit of an idea for in it. In the minute the you said it, it, I could think of the ones for Portland, too. Oh, so absolutely. that's the funniest <laughs> thing. I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's sure. pretty good. Where would I take people? And then you get, like, a happy mix of the architecture. That's what I would get hung up on. I'd be like, leave yeah, me here. Totally, yeah. I'm in Russia. I need to look at all this fucking yeah, honestly, tile work and just mixed rolling metals. Around, and... Yeah, just walk all night. Uh, just go, go get lost stuff. and then yeah. make sure you know your way back. Yeah. 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 I started learning, like, four different languages at different times in my life because I was like, I'm definitely going here and I'm definitely going to live in Prague for a year. I'm definitely going to and I look up all the things where like the rules like you don't yeah. look grandmas in their eyes because they will yeah. fuck you up. They like ah. have a thing they're going to hit you with it because they know you're an American tourist and they're like don't fucking look at the grandmas in there. Yeah. Avert your eyes and do all the things. I like looked up all the things and I was like real yeah. talk. I'm not going to remember any of this. Totally. Somebody's going to talk to me and I'm gonna be like that's so fast. I can't. I don't know. It's um, back to American and I'm just going to walk around being like building. I took four years of French and then went to France and they were like Mm. <laughs> they just talk to you. I went to. I'll never no, forget. Like they hate you. Yeah. It's fucking stupid. I I look just like this, and they're like, "Yeah, hmm, they hate you." I went to a kiosk with my little book. Got really excited. Mm-hmm. Went to go buy my first pack of cigarettes in France. French cigarettes are the shit, mm-hmm. and I liked it. But I like went to the thing, and I was like, I brought my book out, and the guy goes. And close the fucking grate on me. Close oh. it in my face, like fucking tourist. I'm like, all right, well, that's cool. That's what I'm gonna go, about it, go eat yeah. a whole baguette and cry about it. Yeah. I did that. It was fine. Learned that's real my fast. life now. I didn't even have to go to France. I could eat a whole baguette and cry in my room. Yeah, but if you do it in France, it's so good. <laughs> your culture, totally, yeah. the best baguette you're ever gonna cry about. <laughs> so good. Oh, uh, I want to go to Africa. What's your favorite thing about Africa? We went to like a game reserve. It was it was rad. It's a huge huge area, and we stayed in these little these little huts. And uh, our our band kind of rented out the whole place. There's only so many rooms. They keep it real small on purpose. There's mm-hmm. a lot of ones that are fucked up. There were the drug animals and. Stuff like Ooh. That. It's, yeah, it's, it's is it like a hunting place no no no, no. or like this, a reserve this is a reserve so oh, what good. all these people do is they take people out and drive around to look at animals but they're all oh. armed what they are there for is to stop poachers oh so at this one so this is a really cool so you one. guys could be like out in the wild looking at animals and then be on like a hunting excursion where now you guys are like chasing the bad guys yeah that's so cool, cool. that's that the dream happen. luckily oh. i mean Thankfully, we didn't Thankfully no poachers, yeah. but also, yeah. dang. But it was so <laughs> fun. We'd get up at 4 a.m. We'd watch the sunrise in Africa. Did you see and... any of the rains go to Africa? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Did everyone sing that song one million times till you were All like... All the time, yeah, yeah. And it was before it made its big comeback and stuff. but I straight face. No, that was, that was pretty good. That was, that was oh, pretty good. Thank you. Thank um, you very much. We went out there and um, it was just fucking awesome. And our rooms were beautiful. There was a bunch of giant weird spiders all the time. Ooh. And uh, we didn't have water the whole time because there was this elephant that was super funny. And scary, but it would smash the water pump like every what? morning. And so all day, like these guys would fix the water pump. And then at night, like super early in the morning, an elephant just thought it was funny to come and smash the water pump again. Every day. Every day. And so, so these guys had one the, job uh, and it was repairing yeah, the water yeah, pretty pump. pretty much. And then a different elephant, like, he didn't quite charge us, but he came at us, bro. And it was pretty scary. Jason was fucking freaked out. He crawled over, like, all of us to get away. I got video of it somewhere. But it was scary. Our our driver was doing, like, an Austin Powers, like, 12-point turn. And meanwhile, this fucking elephant's coming. And, like, he just flip our shit, like, so easily. Every time it turns, Jason's eyes, like, aren't moving. Oh, yeah. He's just, like, locked on it. He was 
freaking out. Yeah, climbed over all of us because he was sitting in the back of the Jeep. I was shocking. No, 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 climbed no, no, no. Up into my seat. And man, it was super funny. But yeah, it was a little sketchy. I probably and, would have um, done that too. <laughs> Kyle was just oblivious. We're sitting there like watching lions and this guy. We're, it's, it's nighttime. And we found these, uh, there was these three brothers, uh, male lions, that always hunted together. And we saw two of them. And, and the third one was missing. And the third one was missing. And it's he had dark. Kyle. Yeah, we're, <laughs> Kyle, he's super stoned. And he's, our driver's just telling us this. And we're like watching. We just have our headlights on these on these lions. Chilling. There's, and there's like a thick-ass jungle everywhere else. And this guy's telling us, like, yeah, there's a third one around here somewhere. They're always together. And um, Kyle's just like, I'm going to hop out and take a pee. And we're just like, we're like. Are you fucking kidding me? They like, hang dude, out like, in the fucking trees and there's a lion missing. Yeah, and, and we're just like, are you fucking out of your mind, Kyle? I was like, ah, it's gotta pee. And uh Guess what your piss has? Pheromones. Bro. Yeah, dude. We're just like, are you fucking just kidding me? There's, the there's a lion that just killed the fucking zebra. And like it was crazy. It was really cool. And uh we were tracking all these animals. Um it was weird too to smell death. Oh like, yeah. It was crazy. We dropped down into a valley. And the guy was he's like, you smell that? He's like, there's a killer around here, so that means there's cats. Ooh. And you just smell it. It's just fucking death. And so we just kind of follow our noses through trails and stuff in a Jeep until we found it. It was like super Let's fucking amazing. Let's go to the death. Let's it go was find so cool. it. It was, it was rad. That's and such an really adventure. Fun. And then just shining lights in the uh, big flashlights. And see the eyes. Eyes fucking everywhere. And the green eyes are okay. Yeah. Um, kind of, but like you still get trampled and stuff. Because there was uh, like the water buffalo like everywhere. You would go outside and just be like, there's a fucking giant thing with horns like right in front of you. Like, oh, fuck. They were cool, but... <laughs> Uh, but yeah, every What's the other color see... eyes? Yellow. Oh, okay. So yellow or cats. Green eyes are okay. I'm like red eyes. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, yeah red, red and yellow. Red and those, yellow. Those are cats. And, <laughs> and so, vampires. Uh, but yeah, you're just like shining lights in the woods and just eyes fucking everywhere. That's crazy. And they're just slow blinking at you like yeah. make a mistake. It's pretty. We're fun. here for fun. So that was super good time. Oh, really like that's it. fucking terrifying. I like that. I go out at night to put chickens to bed and I shine the lights around the trees. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it'll be like six or seven pairs of raccoon eyes. Totally, and now yeah. I'm like, no, I wonder what color those are. There was a coyote in our neighbor's yard. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know what color eyes they have either, but I yeah. scared the shit out of them. They're green too, but like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I got a lot yeah. of coyotes over my spot. It's got to watch out for baby yeah. dog. It's a snack. It's mm-hmm. a cute little snack. Oh, yeah. We have a guest a dog soft today again. snack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're so soft. This is Willa. She's a little scruffy pup. She's my friend. So soft. Quite like, scruffy, but too. like so soft. Oh, yeah. So soft. Yeah. I just keep like absentmindedly petting the puppers. This is the she doesn't mind. And then I look down too. and she's like, yo, my belly's right here. I, <laughs> I'm splayed out for you now. I change positions. <laughs> I like it. Oh, my goodness. Oh, do you want to play a game with us? Sure. <laughs> we're going to do this or that. Okay. And we're just going to give you two options, back and forth, rapid fire, and gotcha. then you choose your choice. Gotcha. You started off. Cats or dogs? Mm, dogs, but I do like cats a lot, too. Australia or Europe? Australia. People are beautiful and everything can kill you. That's so hot. I feel like this is the theme. <laughs> this is the theme of, like, let's go to danger zones. Have you ever been to Australia? Like no. The most, no. The I don't normal, want to fly there. The I'm, most like, afraid of it. normal people are just, they all look like fucking Thor and supermodels and shit. It's crazy. Well, like, I, we can't go. Joe and I, both yeah. both of our phone people, uh, I have the male Australian yeah. Siri, and he has the female. We would literally, like, if we went there on our honeymoon, we would just come back swingers. We'd be like, oh, fuck, uh, we just absolutely. fucked all of Australia. And they're all cool and fight and yeah. can drink and, like, they're rad. But, yeah, everybody's beautiful. Have you met McClay, our photographer? Huh. Oh, he's, he's a beautiful man, but it's funny. In Australia, he's, like, a two. And he came over here and started touring with us and just, like, 
women are just like fucking falling all over. Yes. And he's like, what the fuck? And we're like, well, yeah, dude, you're a fucking total hunk. And he's like, I was like a nerd, never got girls in Australia. And I was like, that's crazy. Came to the States. It was so hot there. It's well, fucked up. Do you remember, this is like, we're not doing fast pace anymore for this. So that's, sorry. Yeah, um, sorry. Closure Moscow, where yeah. they're friends of Crummit, Chris Crummit, yeah. and they came and recorded with him. All Australian came yeah. and lived here for a while, and we hung out with them like every day. So I got like that, like almost immune. But God, they were saucy, and I yeah. at one point was just like, I just want to like I would sit and watch them play video games and like yell at the zombies. But, yeah, and they just everything they say is yes. just funnier. Like Charming. just having a, a translation. So like, hey, you want to chug a beer? And he's just like, sure, mate. Let's skull some fucking tins. Ah! And I'm just like, I love you, man. It's great. We were making stuff up and saying this is what Americans talk like like oh, you, yeah. when you come to portland you have to be into trailblazers and everything is mad bala mad bala so we had <laughs> them the yeah we were like everything like man that's mad baller and no one says that so no. we were just like fucking no. yeah. with them and saying it and they were saying it for everything and then i was like is it true like australians love american accents and they go the women love american men accents yes and we're looking we're women in america looking at these male australians and basically they were telling us without telling us like no. we're, we're not into you <laughs> it's reversey sorry you're, you're yeah. fucked you fucked uh, one of my very good friends that was australian was man very very smart he was probably in his mind like a two in Australia too because yeah. he came over here and all the women are like oh my god and he had no interest in them whatsoever yeah I, I came here for my education he's like I'm not here for the ladies and he, <laughs> he we we kind of joked and then later he's like not to be rude but American accents sound very unintelligent to us and I was like oh that sucks we could be <laughs> they're not hot, wrong but we sound so fucking stupid yes but then. He's also brilliant, and that nerdy quality is not attractive to Australian women there. Like, he's oh, a two okay. there. So and then yeah. he comes here, and he's brilliant and hot, and I'm like, well, then just fuck you. You just you be my fuck friend right then. Yeah. I didn't want to have I'll sex with you, you. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Australians. I know. They're really. an enigma, and it's not fair. And it's not fair. I spent our whole friendship proving I was smart. All right, I'll go quick. Sorry. Okay. Start, no, it's but... fine. No, it's funny. Singing or dancing? Mm, singing. Used to be a dancer. Not anymore. Yeah. Night out or a good night's sleep? Good night's sleep. I'm 40. <laughs> I've done everything. Sleeping nothing. is so dope. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> That's me. all I want. I'm 40, life. talking to like some young girls like try to hit on me or something. Like she's, she's like, oh, what's like, what's your fantasy in bed? And I'm just like, getting fucking eight hours of sleep. Don't talk to me, lady. <laughs> Do you want to scratchies my back and wake me up in the morning with breakfast? That'd totally, be dope. Yeah. And then just be gone? Yeah, totally. No, I don't have to look at your parts. I don't have to like, yeah, you don't good. have to I've, do it. I've seen that shit before. I'm old. I don't care anymore. <laughs> I'm, I'm tired all over. Yeah. Yeah. I'm done. Fuck. I love being older. This is fun. There's like no pressure. You can just be fucking tired. Pizza or tacos? It's mm. her favorite fuck. question. I had to bring it back. I'm going to go pizza. It's classic metal guy, 80s shit, but yeah, goddamn, I love tacos, dude. That's a tough one, yeah. I know. It's the impossible choice. Mm -hmm. My mouth watered again. Mm -hmm. Riverbank fishing or fishing from a boat? Riverbank. Yeah? Yeah. Do you get seasick? No. Okay. Well, sometimes like on the ocean. I don't fish much in the ocean, but going on a lot of boats like around here. I like, I like standing in the water, you know? <laughs> you like to feel the muck under your boots? Are you a hip waders guy? Oh, uh, no. Full, full waders. <laughs> full yeah. waders. I got some nice waders. <laughs> I almost drowned because of waiters one time. Yeah, I have too, for sure. <laughs> they yeah. filled up. Nobody saved me. No, man, you go down real quick. They get heavy as fuck. They're very heavy. Yeah. Oh I was fly fishing, and the guys yeah, were like, She's, yeah. she was catching all the fish. They didn't save me. <laughs> really mad. You just take your fish and go, and you're like down. down I cleaned creek. them all, too, and I cooked them, and I was like, man, you guys are my bitches this weekend. Yeah. 
had a go. great time. I now have a new biggest later. fear is just mm-hmm. fucking drowning under hip waders. <laughs> you yeah. just don't go in as far. Don't get so ambitious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, don't, and you just don't fall. Get out of them. Oh, okay. Out, like, yeah. yeah. Pop and run. Yeah. I, I've never, I've never watered. Yeah. I've also never scuba suited, and I've, I've never worn overalls in public. I've never heard the term scuba suited. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a real thing, and oh, I didn't just make yeah. it up. Yeah, no, I didn't, definitely. I not. also didn't hear myself say it until you said it back to me. So oh, I love those. Fuck, <laughs> I'm not even stoned. I'm just hungry and We're, tired. No, it's the phrase. I'm not on drugs. I'm just like this. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is just, this just how I am. Yeah. Ooh, my cheeks are. This is really it. fun though. All right. Are you ready for my favorite part of yes. the whole podcast? Sure. It's compliment city time Ooh. where you get to sit there and let us genuinely compliment you. That sounds uncomfortable. It is. But also, you know, I'm a sucker for it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah stop. Don't stop. I'm susceptible to flattery. <laughs> it's more it's fun good. in person, It's fuel. Too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get to look into your beautiful oh, blue eyes. Up. Don't Sorry. say that. That's my compliment. See your I was smile gonna lines oh. crinkling. God pretty eyes. Damn it. It's oh, your dimples worse. are popping. Stop smiling. Oh, the rosiness in your cheeks. You're so handsome. I'm blushing. I'm blushing. You're nah, so handsome. Oh, shucks. <laughs> it's one of my favorites. He's leaving. It's weird. He just left. I, I know. Bye. <laughs> um, we have that effect on guests. You feel free to kick us off. I was going to, but it took all the hot compliments away. Okay. I'll edit it out. You start fresh. No, don't edit it out. Leave it. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> You're more than just charming and good looking, so I can come up with more shit than that. It's fine. Lean in close um, and look into his eyes. Well, I can't because I'm my... I'll lean yeah. into my Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good. That was yeah, pretty good. Right. Well, thank you very much. You're a kick-ass musician, obviously. It's pretty Thank great. you. It's awesome. You are a smile people see across the room and already feel very comfortable in that room, even if that room is a fucking ballroom we were at a wedding. Yeah. <laughs> So, like, your smile I could pick out of a crowd, and I was like, oh, he's having the best time ever. Thank he just you. looks so nice and charming. Like, from all the way across the room, everybody wanted to talk to you because you have a very welcoming smile. Thank you. I was probably drunk. No. It was before <laughs> you that, were. I think. No, you, you should read his guest book entry. Oh, I can't wait. That's actually pretty great. <laughs> don't remember what it was. But... Thank you for getting me drunk on your special day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. I love it. Oh, and you give really good hugs, too. I like yeah. a good hugger. I like yeah. it. You can tell a lot about a person by their hugs. So I like that. Well, thank you. Yeah. This is super uncomfortable, but Good. very, but also very nice. There's a weird one, too. Yeah. Not sure. Yeah. <laughs> Are you just wait. Keep Hers going. Tell me more worse. nice things. Okay. Your turn, Bob. Um, I don't know. I don't have a lot to say about it. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, you have been one of the warmest, most genuine friendships that I've gotten to have. From my 20s. Being able to meet you, I think we were just like fresh out of high school. I had about two years bopping around and then met these crazy dudes from Alaska that infiltrated my life. And no matter how many years go between us actually physically hanging out, I feel like we just pick right back up. Oh, totally. We've always been really comfortable around each other. And I was having this conversation the other day with Lindsay that Zach is so hot and charming and sweet and funny and like you're the beautiful you're beautiful soul however i've never had like a crush on you like i'm offended no no <laughs> it's, no it's because weird. it's like i met you and like our friendship yeah. became such a fa- totally, steadfast yeah. deep friendship where we really like we went through weird times where Things weren't always looking up for us. We were in the trenches together. We made a game of it. Like, we did the best we could. Totally. We smoked a bunch of weed. We We drank a bunch of cheap beer. We We fucked around. We 
and by fucked around, I mean like played guitar like a totem pole and (laughs) brought in a keyboard into a tiny apartment where we shouldn't have been playing music and just had the best time. Like you let me put makeup on you. It was just, we were instantly like brother and sister friendship and never in my timeline did I look at you like with romantic eyes. And that was the time of my life I was in. I was in my twenties going, which guy in this band do I want to make out with? Like every time I watched the show, I was like, who can I make out with? Who can I make out with? I was, you know, a little, Kissing whore for a minute. So I make out with a few people, yeah. I kissed the majority of the original Portugal the Man lineup. And I stole oh, Harvey's yeah, like sure. second kiss ever, and he was so mad at me about it for like two years. Aww. You stole yeah. it? I did the You're Boston. Faced rapist? I did. I did yeah. like give me a little kiss on the cheek, and then, and t- then I snapped it. And I stole it, and he was, he locked himself in that bathroom that night. I was like so mad. And it's fine. Like, Aww, I'm friends sorry. with his wife. It's cool. Yeah. Sorry, Rachel. But our timeline has always been so all over the place, but you're such a beacon of good in my life. And I just appreciate you so much. And I love our friendship and I love your family. And I love all the time that we've gotten to spend with each other. And even when you were gone forever, cause the world just like found you guys, we all knew about you, but the world found you. And then just like, warped you around everywhere and like squeezed you out all over the world and then you get to come home and be just fucking fucking tired and relaxed and like i get the version of zach that's just humble and kind and sweet and caring and you're just such a good person and i want everyone that loves portugal man the band to know like just genuinely as zach you are just such a good human Thank like you, you were Bonnie. raised right you. and you went into the world and did good with it. And I just, I appreciate oh, your fuck. friendship and I fucking love you. Well, thank you. I love you too. And <laughs> God damn it. That's super uncomfortable. Isn't it weird? But it's really nice too. I don't know how to, yeah. I don't know how to. It's uncomfortable. The and then... It's uncomfortably sweet, but it is like very nice. And this is why. I'll cry later. <laughs> I won't do that right now. Just go look at the river. He's just sobbing. One long tear. Oh, we're talking about a lot bird. of crying. I'll, I'll get it. Like I got to be in a certain place. You know, but, just, yeah. just let He's it gonna out. sit alone and picture what you guys missed because this is not a visual podcast. Is Bonnie <laughs> viciously ringing him out, like ringing the band, the band out? Yeah. squeezing she looked you like she over was the world. Cry. Just use them all up, but he comes so over. Like so, a cow. Yeah. It was, <laughs> He's going to picture that moment and be like, she was right, man. <laughs> like, they didn't squeeze us out all over the world. They squeezed us all out. I'm so tired. They just took it away, man. <laughs> and it's okay. Oh, well, I feel like this is a good point oh, for a transition. Yes. But literally, this is why we started the whole podcast, is to showcase everyone we know who is just so genuine and cool and wonderful and talented in all their own respects. And we ourselves cannot take compliments which is why the podcast is called You Are That, because we want you to be able to use that in the future when people are like, you're so fun. You can be like, you are that, and you just soft shoot out of the room. <laughs> it's how you fucking swat it away, and you don't have to take it. So we decided to take that gross feeling, and then we're going to put it on other people <laughs> like over that. and over again. That's a beautiful thing to do. you like making, making somebody's day. And you're spreading that kind of kindness and yeah. stuff. And I, I'm all about that. But Be it's like, also gross. Y- yeah. Well, one of the most wonderful things that I've got to witness recently was at the concert at Edgefield. Mm-hmm. But you guys took a break and let the like local tribe yeah. council mm-hmm. come up and do a performance. And you guys are doing that everywhere on your tours now. And that you got from your photographer, yeah. right? In because Australia, they, yeah. 
in Australia, they have the land be blessed by the indigenous people before yeah. they perform. So it's basic manners. You just ask permission to, you know. It's basic fucking manners. It's Guess basic what manners, we miss yeah. here in America? I know, right? So basic man. fucking manners. Yeah, totally. If we just had some manners, we could be a little more Canadian, which yeah, is my totally. hope for everyone. Yep. And maybe God. Australia would think we weren't so fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah, Thank you. But do you want to tell us a little bit more yeah. of how you guys started doing that and mm-hmm. kind of intro us into the Portugal the Man Foundation and yeah, what you guys sure. are striving for? Totally. Totally. And it's been really fun. Um, so, yeah, we have a band. We have a foundation. And it's really helped us. For a long time, we've been trying to do this forever, but we did not know how. Because it was pretty difficult at the beginning. But before we play any show, we reach out to representatives from the tribes of the area that we're playing um, that are from there or have been displaced there. Um, and we invite them out. And we, we always pay them. Or sometimes it's donations to whatever they want. Or sometimes both. But we just like to pass the mic. And we feel like it's a very good shared learning experience for us in the crowd to just learn about the land and the people of it. It's been really amazing. And it just it keeps getting easier. At first, it was hard just reaching out to people and not sounding weird. And that's why we started in Australia. They kind of have a really good system for it. That mm-hmm. uh, they got a website. You can look up where you're going. They have links to reach out to specific elders in those places. And that's what inspired us to do that is talking to the first person we had was Uncle Alan Madden. And we just talked to him for a few hours. And it was just insane how exactly similar. He just told us the story of colonization in Australia and how just the cookie cutter precision of it is exactly the same that we heard from all our native friends in Alaska. Mm-hmm. And we grew up very close with them. And Alaska is a very cool place. Like you're not as removed from a lot of, of the people, like everybody in their places, like they know about, uh, about the natives of the land and stuff, but it's, it's harder to see in Alaska. All the arts there, all the people are there. You like, you just know the people, you know, the struggles, you know, a lot of the amazing traditions, you know, all the good and bad and just everything. It's very familiar. Yeah. The histories yeah. haven't been so and, yeah, and when we, yeah, covered when we tra- up. Exactly. Yeah. And we, we traveled around also that that stuff is so fresh because we're a pretty young territory. But yeah, traveling around the uh, in the U.S., we'd see the names of cities and rivers and towns, but we just had a hard time seeing the people or hearing the people. And so mm. we started reaching out. It took a while, but we've got like, I mean, now we've got a really great network of people. And we decided to start a foundation um, because we were doing a lot of things to help or to just represent and elevate indigenous voices. And we're you know, dipshit artists, so we're very unorganized. And we we're saying yes to everything, flying all over the place. Mm-hmm. And so we decided to start a foundation so we can do more things and have it be organized. Our director, Logan Lynn, is just unbelievable and, like, such an amazing person. He's, like, just makes you feel so comfortable. Mm -hmm. He's just very, very good. And we've got a rad team of advisors because we don't, you know, as, as dipshits, we don't know a lot. And it's one of the things that I always try to represent when it comes to allyship or advocacy is, like, be comfortable with your own insecurities about not knowing. There's a lot of that in Portland, specifically during a lot of the protest. Mm-hmm. People are, and I myself, I didn't do a lot of things before because I was afraid that I didn't know how to properly do them or I didn't want to offend people or do it wrong. And then I'm just like, that's that stopped me from doing so many things that I wanted to do. And so I just felt okay with that. I had asked stupid questions. Yeah. And that's the only way you know. And if I, by asking a question, I offend somebody, they tell me, I was like, fuck, I'm so sorry. Yeah, but now, now I, I won't know do it again. how not to process verbiage i think for a lot of people that don't have any sort of visual of any kind of native Mm -hmm. communities in their life or any history of it at Mm -hmm. all it's just something they don't think about at all and then if you're presented with something 
new and unique to yourself, I think a lot of times people really overcompensate. If you're looking ignorant and being put in their place and being called out as an ignorant white person mm-hmm. especially and I feel with like, social media being so fucking prominent. yes oh, really? and in America guess yeah. what a lot of us are ignorant yeah. white people totally. so like just being a part of a community that says like hey I may have not openly like done anything mm-hmm. I'm just like oh I'm just a product of my environment just acknowledging that and stepping out of it and saying like what questions can I ask what questions should I not ask you know if you don't know anything about it it never hurts to ask totally anyone and then if you say like okay well if this isn't okay to ask now i know you're taking a step to educate yourself if you can change your focus even just a little bit the frustration for me is that we're all just people Hmm. but when people look at it like oh we're all just people we're all just doing our part it's like we are all just people but the way that the government and the histories line up is we're not all just people some people aren't treated like we're all people Mm -hmm. so let's the people that get to say that we're all just people are there people are, that are sitting yeah, on top privileged that people. Don't yeah. Yes. Totally. Yes. The there are people that are yeah. unaffected by anything. Exactly. That's so cool. So you guys are using your platform as Portugal yep. the Man. You guys have a huge following. You guys have diehard fans. And at some point, you guys just said, hey, we could fucking use this for more. We could totally. do more. Especially if it's something you're already passionate about. Yeah. You're just being white dudes in the world, though, too, where you're like, how do we do this the best we can? And represent people that have smaller voices than mm-hmm. ours. And our mm-hmm. voice is so big right now. Yeah. How do we help other people have an important message with a bigger voice and make it not about us? Yeah. That's fucking and that's And that's why we You're pass showcasing. the mic and we don't speak for I anybody. We just like to turn up the volume, you know? And, you know, and we still fuck up. And that's that's one thing I want to get at. It's like, there's, there's a lot no of pretension. Perfect. To do a little bit of good, you don't have to be smart. You don't have to be rich. You don't have to do shit. Recycle your fucking beer cans. Be a good neighbor. Yeah. Be nice. Like Ted Lasso that shit. Ted Lasso Everyone needs shit. to be yeah. a little more Ted Lasso and, in this world. Just open-minded yeah, and uh, eager to help. It's it's just fun. And we got kind of thrown into it. And we just made some really good friends right off. It's all been built up slowly. You know, it's like we mm-hmm. didn't like go out to like do this big grand thing. It's just like we did one. We're like, ah, oh, that feels fucking right. And we did it again. We're like, cool. And then we make more friends. And now we just got a bunch of friends in the indigenous community. And it, that's been great. And we found something, especially during the pandemic pandemic when we stopped playing shows was right when we released our foundation and so honestly for the last year and a half we've been focused more on that than our band and we've had to think outside the box on a lot of things because we try to raise money and and fun things and at first it was just real easy it was like oh we'll just play a show and give a portion of the proceeds but then when to shows are taken yeah, out of the mix we had to think outside the box you're like limited edition merch yeah, like what do we so, do we do one design and it's it really fun so we got to get really creative yeah and talk with people and yeah luckily uh everybody on our on our team is just like they're all super fucking smart in their own ways. Really good brainstorming. And it's been really fun. That's why our friend here, April Holder, talented artist, works with uh, with Thrive, with Three Sisters Collective, and is a, just a complete badass. She's our, like, punk rock ad- advisor <laughs> member. She's like, shaking her head in the Oh, no, she's, like, she's the fucking, like the fuck cops and like the outspoken she's the she's the rage she's against your rebel. the machine she'd be hand in the air one arm oh yeah cuffed, no. being like fuck off but then like bail me out yeah she's uh yeah she's our she's our firecracker and she's fucking awesome so for this podcast it worked out perfectly she's up here visiting us i've just been hanging out i love nice. it yeah. i'm so glad you're here and yeah. now i'm gonna take a beat and let's get into uh commercial 
Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. And we're back. This next part is going to sound a little different. So have your heart, tell your brain, it's okay to feel uncomfortable and take it in. Because we are taking a page from the PTM Foundation Handbook and using our platform to give space for a voice that isn't ours. April isn't here to tell us what to do. She's here to tell us her thoughts and experiences and anything she wants to with this time. We don't know as much as we think we do, collectively as a culture. So listen and know that Bonnie and I ask some stupid questions, and we're learning and we're taking what we hear to heart with the intent to do better. There is so much to learn. April, thank you for joining us. We are so beyond lucky to have you just happen to be with Zach at this moment. We didn't even have to like pull your arm. (laughs) Thank you for agreeing to join us and talk about whatever you want in this moment. I have a random question to kick off. Thanksgiving, mm. commercialized, we whitewashed holiday. Oh, I'm so excited. What is your outlook on this holiday? Do you celebrate if people are celebrating around you? It's also known as the day of mourning. And I know a lot of indigenous people, a lot of tribes celebrate that as more of their focal point. So how do you look at this holiday? So it is really complex. Like the history is complex. All of it from just the fact that it's this false narrative of history. It's the, um, you know, oh, the happy pilgrims, but the happy Indians, and mm-hmm. they had this beautiful meal. And, and, you know, none of that's really accurate. And there's this 
really kind of gross thing that happens with Native history where part of the erasure is that building of the false narrative. It's that overly exaggerating and putting too much emphasis on these so-called holidays. It's just that. It's erasure. It's erasure of like the real history. It's erasure of the genocide. It's erasure of a lot of the pain and the trauma that we still presently live with as Native people manifest in its different ways in us, in our communities and individuals. I grew up in Oklahoma. I grew up in like this little town called Shawnee, Oklahoma. And We had Thanksgiving meals, you know, Mm -hmm. but I think for me, it was always kind of taken in a different context to where it was like, well, every day we're thankful. You know, I I remember my mom and my grandma always saying that they're like to sit down and share a meal with anyone you care about, family, whoever. That's that's always something to be really grateful for and be mindful of the fact that there might be a time where you don't get that. Mm -hmm. You don't have those things. So that was sort of like the look as like, as far as the holiday is, you know, and we did, you know, made the typical foods and everything, but it's, it is difficult because when you're younger and you like, even as like a native person myself, not really being aware completely of all the full history and learning more as I got older, Mm -hmm. it is hard. It is hard. At the same time, I'm like, I really don't want to like ruin things for other people you know i love it that families get together i love it that they feel like this is a time to have closeness but also i would like for us all to think of it that way like we should be thankful every day for a lot of things but have a realistic grasp on the history have a realistic understanding of how it affects people and yes for a lot of people it is our day of mourning it's just that acknowledgement of it's not just that first time of contact and that first meal. It's been everything since. And and when you're trying to navigate how, how do you recover from genocide? How do you recover from such displacement, from the termination period, from the relocation period, from boarding schools? Those things are not like so far back in our history. They're right there mm-hmm. with us. Like that historical trauma gets imprinted on your DNA. You live with it. You feel it every day in some way. And... We're still supposed to be, like, alive here now and moving forward. Yeah. But how do you do that, right? Was your education as a child in, like, a mix, just a city school, like a public school? Or did you have, like, reservation education? Uh, oh, or uh, so Oklahoma's kind of different. Like, um, it's not a reservation environment the same as, like, other parts of the country. Because mm-hmm. we were all pushed in there and relocated there. A lot of tribes. Some tribes live more predominantly in this town. And we have, like so-called like reservation areas indian territory we have little signs up here and there oh it's you're entering this reservation mm-hmm. you're leaving this one and it's usually where our tribal government headquarters are and like a lot of our businesses and stuff and where we have land allotments but like i went to like a little like kind of country school they had from kindergarten through eighth grade in the same school okay yeah so that was it, our small yeah it was yeah. Small, yeah. like i went to school with like the same 20 kids yeah all the way through like we really got all very familiar with each other <laughs> that's not always great but sometimes it's awesome too yeah like the the guy i live next door to i i'd known him since i was a kid like i'm like i always live next door to travis you know so it's weird now because when I was in school in Oklahoma, the land run was like a big part of the history. They used to make us dress in these like colonial clothes, like these, like, you know, the dresses and the bonnets and stuff and go yeah. reenact land runs. Oh, oh shit. God. And so as a kid, I'm like, okay, like school spirit. Yeah. Great state of Oklahoma. Let's do this. But then part of me is like, this wasn't right. They're putting a spotlight us on us in a weird way. And there's like 
they touch on some Native American tribes. They do like, oh, these were the five, like they call them the five civilized tribes. But they don't talk about like really how so many tribes were relocated there, how painful it was. They talk about the Trail of Tears, but like that wasn't a one-time isolated thing for any mm-hmm. tribe. There was a lot of pain that went into oh, all the tribes being relocated there. And what a weird phrasing. Five civilized tribes. They, like the, just the phrasing of that to yeah, me feels yeah. ignorant as right. icky. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it's like it's demeaning. It's saying mm-hmm. like whatever you were before wasn't enough wasn't enough to be human, mm-hmm. you know, and then just being aware of that, like how we were once called red animals. I might be wrong. I think it was Andrew Jackson that coined that term, like the red animals. Ugh, that doesn't uh, the, the Constitution me. refers to us as the savage Indians. You know, like we don't get to be human beings on our home. Like someone came into our home and said, you're not people anymore. And like I said, that's not so far removed from us in our in our past where we don't still encounter Sort of that mentality in a lot of ways. You see the commercialization of like native imagery, mm-hmm. culture, you know. I, I was telling Zach the other night, the fall is like such a difficult time for so many of us because it becomes Columbus Day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, a lot of people are taking the, the right steps into moving and honoring Indigenous Peoples Day, mm-hmm. you know, and focusing on what that means, the so-called Columbus Day. It's the celebration of something where people don't know, like they have this like weird whitewashed history of it and even as like you know as as americans we don't we're not even really honoring a real history you know Mm -hmm. it's like the pretty story of them sailing the ocean and stuff and i'm like what was done to the people those were not great explorers those were violent people Mm -hmm. that came and destroyed whole civilizations and those things were continued on for like ever since Somehow that violence still is experienced in some way. And then, like, after that is what? Halloween. And it's the costumes. It's always the costumes. It's It's always so much. I Uh, think that was my first taste of appropriation in my 20s was I had a Wild West-themed birthday party. Because I loved wearing mustaches on my birthday. did mustache. I fucking loved it. I had a gun. It was, like, Oregon Trail-themed. It was at a bar that had wagon wheels on the wooden saloon-style stuff. And it was so fun. Two of my girlfriends came in from outside smoking outside the bar and they were like, we just got fucking yelled at in the street. And they were shook. They were like, oh my goodness. And they themselves aren't white, but they're mixed enough to look like two stupid white girls dressed like Indians out on the street. And we all had a moment in the bar where we were like, yeah, maybe that like wasn't a great choice. This is way better for us to put on mustaches than to try to skank up a little Indian girl costume that they made. I think that was my first real awakening to this isn't okay. And Portland at that time, you know, Portland's super hippie. Portland has a lot of people that are like of the earth and green and are more mindful. Even back then in the early 2000s, we're being like, I'm mad enough. I'm going to stop these two drunk girls on the street. I'm going to fucking yell at them like Burnside traffic, just scream in their face. And they came in so shocked and offended. They were yelled at. But then also took a moment to go, yeah, they're not wrong. Like, yeah. See, that's the moment. Yeah. And I mean, and it kind of goes beyond that. Like, I, I feel like people shouldn't just have a whole moment where they're like, oh, yeah, overly sexualizing a race of 
people is wrong. Like, I I kind of feel like some of that's common sense that we don't really invest in, like, understanding. Mm-hmm. And as an indigenous woman, as a, as a mother to an indigenous girl, we live in a different circumstance. There's an epidemic of missing and murdered indigenous women. Mm-hmm. The constant violence against indigenous women. Not just our women. It's our girls. It's our, our trans relatives. It's our two-spirit relatives. E- even our men experience it in different ways. So, you know, that, like, hypersexualization, it's like... Like, there's a good chance that one of us is a victim somehow. Mm-hmm. We have that in our history. We have that in our lives. You know, I I know what that's like. And then to see it put on display as fun, as novelty, as a joke, you're just like, cool. Not only what in the past that happened to us is funny to you, what's but happening to present. us now doesn't apply to you. You get to sit in that place of privilege. I hope you had fun tonight, little girl. You got to dress up and be cute. And we don't get to break from our lives. And we don't get a break from what that does to us yeah and so many things happen intersexually with in regards to like violence against like our indigenous people every time there are violations of our sacred sites our homelands our reservation areas all of it it directly correlates to the violence we experience physically on our bodies you know they build man camps up where they have pipelines and shit and the rate of girls being assaulted going missing whatever shoots up huge huge that's so and, creepy. That's so creepy yeah. that that's a thing. Yeah. It's terrifying. And and then it's other things. It's like not knowing what happened to some people. It, it's, it hurts. And then at the same time, we just realize that can be any one of us. It kind of doesn't matter what we sort of achieve in our personal lives. We're all still subject to that statistic. And it's a lot to carry with you, generally. I remember when I was younger, uh, like I said, I grew up in like smaller towns, so... And I was afraid to, like, party with some, like, certain types of, like, people and stuff because I was like, if anything happens to me, who's going to listen to me? I'm poor. Who's going to believe you? Yeah, yeah, sometimes it was just like, this might not be the safest environment for me just because I am Native. The fact that you have to hiccup. Yeah, Yeah. the amount of fun that you get to have and how much more aware of your surroundings you have to be because all of these things affect you at such a higher rate than the average person privileged white woman of the same age same body type same everything it doesn't matter and see i'm not sure if it's still the the, like i don't know if the statistics exactly same but i think it's like one in four or maybe it's one in three indigenous girls are going to be raped or assaulted before age 16 before age 16 the statistics are staggering there's there are a handful of podcasts right now that are out that are really making a big voice about certain things and I didn't realize the numbers until listening to some of those. And I was fucking blown away that just the amount of secrecy that all this is kept in. It's, you know, I don't understand. It's how not it's just possible. like secrecy. I think it's just like an overall blanket of ignorance. For one, like I've been to parts of the country where people don't even know we're still alive. Like they're like, oh, like Native Americans. That's like, you guys were once a people you know like they don't even think that we still like live and exist now we're gone like who's looking for someone they never knew was there there's that blissfully unaware is one thing you can be that level of stupid but you have to like actively decide that none of that pertains to you and actively ignore more than ignorance even it's it's a cruel level of ignoring things 
to not see what is starting to rise up become very fucking obvious. Right. Because, like, you used to have to do more research, and now it is, thank God, the amount of people that are actually having voices being heard is more and more and more, and I hope that snowballs and builds, because it's fucking important. People that don't live in a town that has a single person of color at all should still know what the fuck is happening in this world. That's really bizarre I mean, that's kind of what you hope for all human beings. Like, even if this is no context to what you're relating to in your world, you should still care. Isn't that, like, part of the human condition? It really should be. But we don't do that, and we don't think about it, and, you know, it's it, it becomes this weird cycle, too, because then you have people who are like, I do care. I, you know, I want to bring awareness and stuff, and it's like, great, awareness isn't enough. Awareness is not actually going to completely save anyone's life. It's about really changing exactly how you live your life to make that safer world for someone else. Mm-hmm. And so, you know... When I go back to, like, the costuming, people don't realize how harmful that is. How harmful it is, like, on an emotional level to someone who has been a victim, right? To someone who is looking for that family member. They see that, and that's just, like... People just Great. think it's it never mattered. It never, yeah. it, it never mattered in the first place. A slutty so, nurse costume is not the same right. as a yeah. really skanked up Yeah, like, well, that's a profession. That's not a... Exactly. I, you know, that's not your cultural identity. identity. That's not the foundation mm-hmm. of who you are as a it's person. You also have to consider, too, the history of boarding schools where they robbed us of that. They took it from us. They cut our hair. They beat on us to not let us speak our language. They separated us from our families and... Um, and then called it civilized. A lot of us didn't come home. We have whole generations of children that were lost. The numbers are in the thousands now of the school, the boarding schools in, in Canada where they're finding bodies of yeah. children. It, it, it's terrible, you know. And here in the States, it's not that different. It really isn't. Um, we haven't even started investigating them. Schools shouldn't have cemeteries. Like, schools should not have cemeteries, but they do. I remember hearing stories of, you know, children from my tribe where they accidentally fell out a window you know i'm like that's okay that's that's what how happened. many window deaths do you get on right. a census before uh, yeah. it becomes a and that they were problem. kids that they took like sometimes they took them as babies away from their families and they just never came home and there and is so no census either because those children don't have names yeah. anymore yeah. to see that and just to know that like oh and now you guys get your halloween and your thanksgiving and stuff and we're still digging up our children like now right now that's happening And so it's a lot to take on. It's so much emotional labor, too, dealing with this. And it's really hard because we've worked so hard to make a resurgence of Indigenous children being proud of themselves, being proud of themselves, being thankful. You know, you get to have your, you know, your hair long. You get to sing our songs. You get to have our dances. You get to feel community with us. You get to know those grandparents. Our our kids are here with us now. And but at the same time, it's like oh, but let me explain to you how you're going to go out on Halloween night and see someone think we're a joke. All that stuff we try to instill in them to give them that confidence and that self-esteem, and it gets torn apart by whenever we become a joke in a movie, whenever we become, you know, a mascot for a team, whenever there's fans of these teams, like, shouting in our faces and stuff and spitting on us and doing these things, and it's like, it's constantly, like, pushing a rock up a hill. You know, yeah. How and, do you make a generation proud of themselves when the whole American mirror is right, telling them right. that that's wrong? Well, yeah. And then how do you like retain that sense of confidence and identity that is just for you too? I, I know people that are like they're dancers. You know, when we have our, our pals and stuff, but people are like, "Oh, come and dance for us." 
And it's like, mm. oh, is this our, your human parade now? Like, Dance this is monkey. Like, yeah, yeah. Give and us I'm a like, show. No, you don't get access to us 24-7, no. too. So the shit is sacred. Yeah. Our family has always wanted to be more connected to that world and always been interested and fascinated by the real histories. My mom was a silversmith and she was friends with lots of native women and made native jewelry and learned about the land and the stones and what they meant. And, and my dad worked alongside just a huge crew of indigenous men and learned the, the proper way to build. And, you know, we've always been raised in this way that we wanted to be a part of something. And then I moved to Reno and worked for Amazon. That was fucking hell. Amazon, located right outside of Reno is next door to reservation. Yeah. So half the res worked at Amazon. It's a job. They moved in, gave up some of their land and they get jobs. And I was so stoked. I get to make new friends in Reno. I just moved there. They wanted nothing to do with me. And I had a girl pull me aside and was like, they don't hate you. They just literally don't need this. Yeah. They don't need this right now. Yeah. And for the end of time, we don't need this. Like we don't need a random white girl wanting to, and their res was closed to everyone. Like yeah. you couldn't, you couldn't right. come in unless you were a blood right. and could prove it. And at one point was like, Oh, I, I'm not allowed to have my feelings hurt. Like, and I told the girl that I was like, I don't have my feelings hurt. I'm not allowed to like, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to dip a toe and be like, hi, I'm a safe space. I'm an ally. But they were like, we don't need an ally. We've seen what allies can do for us. They had an era of everything we do that isn't everything. Amazon, we keep sacred. They did lunches on their own Mm -hmm. and they did everything in a way that was like, we don't want to give up a part of ourselves to make it a show for you. It was so humbling to see. And it was like, I, I want to know, Mm -hmm. but also it's not their fucking job to educate me. It wasn't their job to let me in their world. It was their right to protect what they had. And it was their right to have sacred moments. And, and it wasn't about some random white girl from Oregon working at a factory. Well, you know them, what? You know? I think that's like a really good point is that it's not actually about you. And with everything that's going on now, that is one of the um, stark realities that some people have to deal with, especially when they go out, they're like, I'm here. I've got good intentions. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you do. Bless your little heart. But not every space is meant for you. Not every space is meant for you. There, there are things called boundaries. We have them personally as human beings. Mm-hmm. We have them culturally. And we everyone expects them, yeah. respect of their own boundaries. Right, exactly. So I'm like, here's the thing. We've gone through generations of our boundaries just not even being considered. So if we are here to uphold them, like, you got to respect existence or, or mm-hmm. you're just going to get resistance. And sometimes, as, like, Zach likes to call me a little firecracker about it, <laughs> we don't have to be nice. No. I'm not obligated to be nice and educate some, you know, good-natured white person who just wants to be there. And I want to an learn ally. and grow. I'm like, yeah, you want to be an ally? Cool. First of all, Google, there's that. That cost me no minutes of my life, so mm-hmm. go for it. There are Native organizations out there that put out wonderful educational yes. material. You can find it on social media. You can find it on Instagram. Follow Illuminative. Great organization. Native-based. They will tell you about our presence in the media. They will talk about history. All of these things. Fantastic. There are grassroots organizations. There's a Stronghold Society. There's all of these different groups that you can go and look at their website. They have a donation button. They say like, oh, if you want to learn more, here's this. Also, people should just go to some libraries. I don't know if like some they still exist. good doers yeah. know this. They're There's free, like these y'all. wonderful things called books. They hold yeah. information. You open them. It's right there. <laughs> oh, but also like be 
in a place where, and this is just like a good rule of thumb for anyone intelligent, even if you get information from a source, invest into what source it is you're getting it from too because yeah Not like you can go find books on real. well you can go find books on native people but they're written by like the the colonizers yeah i was just so say, i'm like it, it's still that narrative yeah. but there's great like native authors historians intellectuals um yeah i always recommend people read vine deloria uh read i think it's called uh, red land white lies read these books that were written by our scholars who are really invested in like telling you the truth that's another thing about allyship at some point i feel like people who want to be allies should be mad themselves that they've been lied to like yeah, be mad that, that yeah like that you got yeah. told this fake thing that you get to sit in this place in, in history and you get these like great founding fathers and this and that and i'm like be mad that they didn't tell you the truth but also part of what that history does is it reinforces that hierarchy keeps yeah. them in line it, yeah it keeps you under this like train of thought of where you're supposed to sit in life where you sit in history all of these things like question all of it look into like challenging all of it because there's a good chance that a lot of it's wrong I, I always like myself i always question about like those early documentations of like first contact and things like the thanksgiving story i'm like how did these like europeans manage to learn our language so well like fluently oh yeah in such a short span of time and they just had these great translators oh man also like i'm it's pretty impossible. sure I'm pretty sure <laughs> native people then were kind of like i don't know about these guys like they're kind of if they're weird they got they like, keep giving us these blankets that they, are they keep, yeah they don't bathe they don't they bathe. smell like really bad because like uh, i'm sorry europeans yeah. back in that day did not smell good there's some americans now that don't smell good so, <laughs> oh why like, oh why oh, zach raised his hand everybody <laughs> there's some now but you smell good uh that was like that was always my joke i was making to the guys i was like you know you guys got here we were like hey we've got the like we got water you bathe yeah. yourself with let it. me show you this i don't know if you know this stuff. you're supposed to not wear the same thing for like several months <laughs> and also like you know eat some fruit you guys got scurvy we don't know what that is we eat like nutritious food you know oh you're drinking mercury to treat your syphilis might not be a good idea yeah you know, like, maybe that's not a good idea also we don't know what syphilis is stay over there but interaction it's so romanticized it's so it's, romanticized it's awful People love the like explorers are invaders story. if you change yeah. the language and all no matter if you don't change the story if you change the wording and change everything from explorers to invaders the fucking yeah. story yeah. reads yeah. So change much. it to pillage change it yeah. to yeah. rape change it to oh, the words that are actually there's a whole weird thing with like manifest destiny and just like like i said that false narrative they like to create and it's those early documentations they talk about like coming and they're like these lands were just fruitful, just empty, beautiful spaces. Oh my right god! Right for the taking, and it's like that's not empty, beautiful spaces. They're just fruitful. That's, that's centuries of permaculture. That's centuries of intellectual like permaculture that has been carefully designed by not just one or two tribes, like mass cultural areas, and that's their own indigenous intellect Ecosystem. of no like we had great translators we had to all talk to each other we were here you know it's trade routes it's all these things and then that also happens too people tend to think of like native american and they just sort of think of north american native americans you do know that we traded all the way down to like the furthest end of south america 
The borders we have were created those, by the yeah, invaders, yes. not by... And so it becomes a really <laughs> weird thing because, like, borders, that's not our way. We didn't just, like, get to, like, Mexico and be like, oh, go stop here. Mm-hmm. You know, like, we're like, hey, what what else were we going to do? We're going to walk. We're going to meet each other. We're going to connect. You see um, relationship and, and then you see how that relationship gets sort of reinforced with dealing with, like, the relocation and the oppression. You know, now tribes are like reaching out to each other and we're getting to have that we're getting to have like those connections of like your colonialistic experience was different than ours but also we're in this together and so how do we like support one another in some ways it happens in really beautiful ways in some ways it's like i hate that we're kind of bonding over our pain but you know yeah drama like zach said like in australia it's it's indigenous people all over the world you know so we talk about like oh they sent you guys to schools too oh they took your language from you too oh you have to go to museums to see your heritage your artifacts for your families we were at a museum and um they had these panels here in portland and i'm probably wrong i think it was haida but they had the design panels from the house there yeah and i was like someone's gonna have to pay to go in to see something that's part of their home like we have to we have to go into museums and into spaces where we're not welcome pretty much like i i'm not saying portland's like a bad place at all but i saw how like some people look at me when i go into places like this is a little brown person here i'm like we have to do that to go into places where those are our things yeah that's our history sometimes those were our family's things that were taken from us that's not a good feeling that's really unsettling and so i personally i translate that into the art i make so your art is beautiful so just to describe to you guys when we met her for the first time april was fucking just carving at a lino block while she had lino prints over all this beautiful paper just laying everywhere the detail is incredible and she's just going oh i was just fucking around and oh that like her art is fantastic but some of like your heritage style pieces they're portraits they're powerful in how much emotion is put into them it's like collagey but then painting and like color blocks and the portraits looking through and it's almost like you're getting to see like a moment of time from you you know what that's uh it's really interesting because for native artists and native art history that's shaped by colonialism too that's where you see things Mm. that were like our utilitarian objects things that we made in our i always say all native people were artists we didn't think of it as like being an artist because we didn't come from that European standard of like it, arts for a select few and it's on this pedestal and everything have, was handcrafted yeah, and, and because it's only it was made, made by men and stuff mm. like no like all of us were artists. Art was a way of life. That's a that's communication. That's storytelling. That's how you live. So that's why I know so many people who are native artists. They don't like go out and say like yes, art is my profession. They're like no. While I'm at home, I make this. I do this. I do. and it's because that's an inherent part of just the culture overall culturally which is where artists but for me as a like a visual artist i went to art school i learned all the european stuff that's really cool and rad and awesome but it was like commissioned by the church and shit so <laughs> yeah. you know it's like there's a lot of like, right we were talking about dicks earlier there's a lot of dicks in your there's art. so like, much I, dicks. Like, everything is phallic and i know i'm like man you guys were like yeah. uh the, there's like i don't know why you'd want to see your savior's penis so much but <laughs> jesus is one of my favorite comic book characters and <laughs> it's like you know he 
he is like he's cool. He could do everything. Yeah, know? he's he's fucking magic. Yeah, favorite X Men could walk on water <laughs> and everything. So you know that's cool. I I mean those Can stories I tell you too. What I love about some of your art that I saw, <laughs> you had the European style Zhuzh. in your in your women. She paints the women's with the real bodies and, the, and like, the folds. Oh. And I was, like, I stopped on one piece and was, like, yes. She gave her booty, but then she gave her, like, the the roll that's, like, the, the one that sits there. It's really there, you guys. When you sit down casually, give yourself a little crease. Yes. Yeah. There uh, should always be a crease and some roundness there because guess what? Your organs are shifting. Those are your organs, people. Yeah. Not everything um, has to be painted thin, but you did. It's like the the fat over lean rule. You know what? I think I know which piece you're talking about. That's me, actually. That's me. <laughs> it's so So that's, a, that's not European. That's all indigenous roles. That's like all that. indigenous roles. You know, they tell it's, us like occupy space. I'm literally trying to do that I myself, love that it's a like, self-portrait physically. of you. Um, well, you're but, gorgeous because I saw that one and was like, oh, I just stopped and I was like, she's <laughs> painting the female form how it's meant to be painted well, like yeah. the light on it and the skin so there's so much conditioning that comes from christianity too that we encountered with colonialism and that body shaming like and it's that hypersexualization. you know they got here and they saw how we dress to be comfortable in our cultures where we don't over sexualize women's bodies and their breasts and those things but it's coming from this like christian european standard of like oh cover up oh they are savages they're disgusting i'm like you're the perverts looking at us we're we we walk around like this this is yeah normal now you know i look at it and i'm like especially because things like body positivity you know people talk about that now and i'm like indigenous people should have always had body positivity like we did inherently in our culture it's just become twisted over history and taken away from us. It's literally Puritan weird. white people being right. uncomfortable with other cultures right. who are sensual by nature right. and are just culturally rich with music and fashion. Right. And, and, and you literally look They're at, just being but you look at anything yeah, like a Christian white woman yeah. in a room with like a Puerto Rican girl, with a black girl, with an indigenous girl. All those bodies are so different from. Yeah what american white women are told they're supposed to be oh yeah proper wives they look at anything else and that is a threat and, and that is over sexual and those are the women weird. with the bibles lining up at city hall being like oh. we must have this in the school i oh, always I like it. think about that now because like i said there's that weird balance because like being aware that indigenous women do get hyperly sexualized in mm -hmm. ways and then balancing out that like we're also supposed to embrace and love our bodies and for me culturally i'm like i'm an extension of like the earth and my ancestors and where I come mm -hmm. from. I don't look in the mirror and see, like, I don't have a, you know, yeah. real summer bikini body. I'm like, I am Nobody like a does map anymore. of my journey into motherhood. Yes. And I am like, I built it's like, like your my history. people who, you know, did work, gathered, you know, we, we hauled our wood, we built our fires. Like, mm -hmm. that's what my body reflects, right? <laughs> as far as, like, body image goes, just for, yeah. like, and you say, like, yeah, like, yeah, white women are supposed to be, like, all these thin stuff. I'm like, man. We put that, that on ourselves. That culture teaches you to hate yourself. And 100%. loves for you to hate yourself. We built whole fucking, like, industries mm -hmm. on us hating yourself. Oh, buy this tiny-ass outfit. You don't fit it, bitch. Learn how to fit into it, you know? Mm -hmm. Starve yourself. Hate yourself. Hate how you look. You, right. got, you got spots on your face. Realistically, that shit up, you know? it's because... Yeah. 
culturally European women, you are there to be for the man. Yeah. For your, oh, yeah. For your weird man. Yeah. And this mixed on to every other culture is like, why are you covering up your breasts? Because my man, well, he's your gonna man look stop at looking you. at your tits then. Like, how yeah. about don't over sexualize every little fucking thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, that, we just need to get into so much a, being... no offense, Zach, but like a woman utopia where we're all like the, was it Futurama? They had like the Amazon women. Right. And they're just like, used men for things. And then they were like, Hulk <laughs> out and strong and just doing whatever the fuck they wanted and i was like where's that life at but i always say i was born in the wrong era yeah and, I, and when i had a dating profile it just said renaissance soft on it and i was like <laughs> yeah. yo i got some small titties and some round hips and like if you touch me pie comes out yeah. pie for you. i make <laughs> nice. pie for you <laughs> i like that no oh i mean gosh. you think about it it's like how much do we want to alter ourselves to serve the male gaze mm-hmm. why have you seen what men like it's fucking stupid why would you want to be that and like, it changes all the time just, yeah, have you the, checked their browser it, history lately it's the, it's the rick it's, and morty thing it's like i've seen what make you cheer like your booze don't bother me so like i've seen that it takes a um, long time of growing up though of any female to realize that that's completely accurate yeah like, yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. It's Some guy doesn't impossible. like how I look physically. Right. You mean this finite oh, shell of a right. existence that I have? You're not aesthetically pleased by that? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, too bad. I didn't fit in your uh, box. So I, I was too now. tall and I had a potty mouth. I didn't yeah. attract a whole lot. Right. It was fine. Stay yeah. away from me. It's fine. My whole joke <laughs> is I'm like, yeah, like, why do you have to like I said, just contour yourself to suit a male gaze. The same with indigenous people. Why do we have to change ourselves to suit a white gaze? Mm-hmm. Why do you why, have to dress we, a certain way yeah, to not to get that? taken? Um, like, oh, okay, cool. Like, all my ancestors survived genocide stuff for me to worry about what this guy thinks of how I look. Cool, right? That's what's... No, that's not what life's about. That was never what life was about. No. It's the same with, like, uh, capitalism. Like, oh, yeah, I was meant to get up and do a nine-to-five forever because that's what my people fought so hard for mm. my generation to even exist mm-hmm. is because they wanted me to make a certain amount an hour. Okay. No, none of that matters. None, like, you don't have to have these terms that we're conditioned to live on to have a real life that you enjoy. Yeah. You know? Have what you love. Have what you care about. Be purposefully there for it. And I think that's what is allyship too it's like having good intentions is great we all have good i hope we all have good intentions some of us don't but that's not enough it isn't enough really want to be there and you owe us nothing yeah so that being said as two giant white sisters we appreciate you that actually sitting down and like literally just yeah yeah being able to what i'm going to refer to you as the giant white sisters (laughs) those giant white sisters these large white women they're fucking loud too one of them has pots coming out of her (laughs) (laughs) the other one's real tall super foul i I do have a question and this is it's a stupid white person question but in reality me Myself, knowing that A, I can ask how you want to be supported, how I can honor you and your art and what you would like us to showcase for you. Also, I feel like more people that want to, our generation and younger, God, they're going to fucking change the world. I really hope so. Because I think there's a lot of people that want to do a lot of movement in the right direction, raise their kids better than before us, be better about which narrative we're putting out into the fucking world would be great. But also doing their own homework, not putting the work on asking people, tell me everything you know, educate me yourself because I want your voice to be the voice that matters. That's not necessary. Listen to everybody's voices. Read the books that white people didn't write. I think that's really fucking important. But also, how 
how would you like us to support you? Aside from just like talking on the podcast, I'm you specifically personally. You don't oh, owe me having to educate me, me on how to support you. Do you have any but like, if I did, <laughs> like, I would fucking hand it to no, you. That's yeah. the thing. Uh, no, um, uh, that's a joke. But, no, I mean but some some in it's, some aspects it's great. Like I totally support people doing that. I'm like, good. if you have physical like land and space, you want to turn over to indigenous people, to organizations, to individuals, to tribal governments, do it. Do it. Do it now. Don't hesitate. It's not the wrong decision. But also, like, once you do, that was never supposed to be yours in the first place. You have no say in it. Navigating where, and I don't know why it's difficult for some people to understand where you not are not supposed to center yourself is really interesting to me but because white like, people have been the center of everything for so fucking I know. long you guys are so precious i like, really hate just... that <laughs> anytime i have any sort of weird fucking i'm just like ugh, white people are the fucking yes. worst and it's come out of my mouth for just like it's 20 years of right? white people are worse we were lucky enough to not grow up completely surrounded by white people and then we moved to a town that had no white people and our black cousin got to come live with us and i was like what the fuck it was my first time of having like my family feel like i have to step in front and be like how dare you how dare you see someone and they looked different and you fucking acted on it like it was insane and we got to see like how like generations of white families were raising their offspring in the bubble to be in the bubble not to leave the bubble and it was shocking it was so insane to me to see that you couldn't shake those people to save your life you couldn't wake them up you couldn't educate them because what they knew was what they knew and you were wrong and la 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 it was so frustrating to see but it also made me take a step back and be like the way i see these people and the way they sicken me are how lots of cultures are raised to just see white people in general they can see me in a grocery store and not realize i'm not like that guy but it doesn't matter but it doesn't matter we have to be better in we, everything yeah. we do to do- that's like a lot of things of like when people are like how do we deal with like these issues and these issues i was like those are kind of white issues yeah, yeah. and those are kind of those aren't you about guys to deal with yeah. and i'm not here to like try to tell exactly. anyone how to live i mean i will someday when i start my own cult but not today like, is it an all-inclusive cult and can yeah, you can't you can't it. ask that question because you're white so. oh my but it's also not your job to make us feel okay (laughs) like we don't have to feel better yeah like uh, honestly your feelings don't matter to me yeah like that's you that makes you sound like fuck yeah no we're like oh god that sounds mean no it's no because if i had to stop and take time for every like white person's feelings that i come across i'm like i'm pretty sure my people have a history of having to cater (laughs) to the whims of your feelings how you wanted things how you wanted your land it became your things it became your america it became your American dream. It became all these things. Whatever identity we had was not, what, not good enough to be a person or not good enough to exist. You reaped all the benefits of our mm-hmm. work. Like I said, you took all the permaculture, the agriculture. Um, and then wrote yeah. you out of the real history exactly. and taught that back to so, you yeah. in school. Right. The oh. amount of permaculture classes that are offered is kind of nauseating nowadays but yeah. i won't as a gardener i'm not thrilled with that but, thing. well yeah. as a quickie i do want to touch base on as a quickie it's Zach's a, episode we took over and we're talking about fucking shit out. we no. fucking hate but things we love portugal demand foundation what led you to doing that what's your role in it and what do you want people to take away from it what do you feel is like your most powerful influence in this okay so i met john first it was 
cool because I don't know if it's just me as like a weird person. I'm never like super impressed with people in general. I'm like, oh yeah, you might have like this cool job or whatever, but like, let me see who you are. Oh, and, and then you met John and you're like, you're introverted, quiet little weirdo. Yeah. Let me get inside the, was you're so dynamic on because, stage and then you uh, go off stage and you're like, hi. Because I, I met him and uh, we were just kind of visiting at first. And then he said something about, you know, like growing up out in Alaska and stuff. And I was like, do you ever have to uh, melt snow to get water? And he was like, yeah. And so we just started talking about like normal things. And... <laughs> normal things. Yeah. You normal know, melting things. the snow Nor for water. Normal poor people things. Like that too. <laughs> like you ever do poor people shit? Yeah. Me too. Cool. It's such a bonding and was, factor. And then I was just like, you're not a bad person. And so we just became buddies. I might not seem like it. I have like my weird introvert, like awkward ass tendencies. So I was like, you're somebody I'm not scared of being cool with too. So you kind of let your walls down. down. It's the artist then, to artist thing. Yeah. And then we started talking about other things. And like, like I said, there's plenty of do-gooders out there who are like, oh yeah, I'm for native causes, but it was different because it was like, we're going to try our best not to do this the wrong way, but there's a good chance we'll fuck up. And if you're willing to help, We'd really appreciate it. And I was like, you know what? I'm down. Like, I trust you guys. I like, I trust these guys with my kid, you know? So I was just like, all right, I'm down. And it was me knowing different people and us being able to just like give feedback and then actually having them listen to my lived experience of things. Like, that's the really beautiful thing about the foundation. We, it's not just me. It's, it's Josue. It's Roberto. It's like all of it. It's even like Logan's not native, but like us being able to share those real lived, unique experiences and how that feeds into what we can achieve together. I, I, I think I said it early on when we were starting the foundation. I was like, this is basically an experiment in allyship. We're going to fuck up. We're going to do our best. Mm -hmm. No one's perfect. But we're going to at least try to take it in a direction that maybe hasn't been invested in enough. And let's see where we can go from there. Let's see how we can grow this, how we can expand upon it. There's plenty of things that I have no clue about. And I'm glad they're like looking into finding other people who are more knowledgeable about it, who can give more insight. That's part of it is like you put a really like weird ass group of people together enough. You're going to come up with something amazingly magical or like a cult. Again, yeah, like so we're like a cult, cult. <laughs> amazing magical cult, cult. I mean, or, or a little fine. of both. Right. But uh. but with the foundation, it's like let's bring people together. Some of us are like-minded folks. Some of us have very different opinions of things. Also, no native people are the same. Mm -hmm. You know, each tribe is absolutely unique. So we get all this perspective, but it helps us to see what is most effective, how we can reach out. Someone was asking me about them. They're like, so they do these like land acknowledgements before the shows. And I was like, you know, I don't like even that term. I don't think it's a land acknowledgement. I think it's something very different. It's people acknowledgement and it's reclaiming that space. Like that's a whole nother thing. Reclamation of our own space of knowing like my voice needs to be here right here right now and these guys are just like, you know what? We're really not even supposed to be here. We just happen to be playing the show and we have this resource. Please take it. Please use it. And also, we're not going to edit you. We're not going to put you. rules on your traditions. Right. We're not going right. to tell you what's okay for you. Or to even show if it's not traditions, audience. if it's people talking about like what they're really experiencing and the yeah. harsh like things, like tell like a whole stadium full of people. By the way, you're all white people, like on stolen land and shit. Like some of them are going to be like, uh, what? 
good. You know, but I'm like, good. You're okay with us making people uncomfortable. It was, you know, moving to witness. I think one of the things that I took from it when I was started researching it more and what you guys do is, yes, it's beautiful to be like, hi, we're, we're in Portland yeah. and we have this, yeah. you know, local council here. They're going to come out. What was hard to swallow and probably not surprising to a lot of people is certain locations. There wasn't anyone to find because there's no yeah. one there anymore. That's heartbreaking. To think like we fucked up so bad that there are groups of indigenous people that are just completely wiped out or yeah. so displaced that they're not yeah. in America anymore and they right. cannot be breached. Right. Like that's that's whole regional culture gone. Right. And you know what? There's something that happens uh, when people get addressed with that information and to do it so like publicly the way the guys do it is for one, like I said, it makes people uncomfortable. Good. You Good. should be uncomfortable. That's the very least we can do. Also, being uncomfortable will not kill you. I don't know if some white people know this, but being uncomfortable <laughs> actually doesn't kill you. Also, being uh, wrong, uh, yeah, is, being wrong is like uncre- that's normal. Uh, and then I, I, I don't like when people try to overcompensate out of guilt. But when mm-hmm. people do feel the guilt from that history, I'm like, good, sit with it, mm-hmm. sit with what you did, sit with it, and actually really take it in. Take it in on like the deepest level you can because you're never going to learn how to navigate life as a better person until you own up to everything. Oh, that was my ancestry. That wasn't me. Uh, yeah, guess what? Someone's got to pay the price. That's how it works. Like there, you got to restore balance somehow. Yeah. So, um, and by the way, us coming and talking about our issues to you, it's not us coming out and obliterating you to, as a payback, right? Yeah. It's there not, is no payback. Know, that makes like, me so fucking... I get really annoyed and passionate when, like, those are my ancestors. That's great. Everybody that claims to have, like, 1% of Native American and you're trying to find it in your ancestry chart, yeah, go feel fucking guilty about the your rank. 1%. How about that? Yeah. Think about why you have 1%. Don't brag about that. Yeah. Like, really dig down deep and think about why yeah. that's your move you get to posture on. Right. That's weird shit. Yeah. Also, Ugh. like, that whole percentage thing is weird. It's and, bullshit, and, and but it's, it's weird, uh, part yeah. of, like, the terms that, like, Native people are used to because there's federal recognition yeah. for your tribes and so you get enrolled and there's like a whole blood quantum issue and I'm like cool you guys do that to dogs and us so yeah. I, I got a little card to carry my wallet it's in my wallet right now That's it, it says like my little percent in my pedigree are you serious? I got my pedigree with me just in case I have to pull it out and you really verify. have a card that has your fucking percentage <sighs> yeah it says one fourth sack of pox of the sacrifice prove it that's 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 the government going prove it yeah uh it's the government saying we need to know how many of you are left so we know how many to get rid of that's what that is too that's why blood quantum started if you don't have an idea of how many numbers you have left to eliminate you don't know how many of your enemy is there that's why they started doing those things. They had to keep count of us as they relocated us, as they removed us. We were herd like cattle. That's dehumanization. That's being reduced to something less than human. And that's what happens. And now, like I said, I have a little card. It says that. And I mean, I love my tribe. I love my people. I love where I come from. I'm so happy I have them still. But also, so I got a little card. And then there's like this weird thing that happens too, where like even with other Native people, they're like, how much are you? I'm like, Ooh. how much am I? That's weird. It's yeah. like fucking basketball statistics at that point. Like, who's, right. who's more pro? Yeah. That's and, fucking um, weird. Um, and then there's like, like my daughter, she's like six different tribes. Yeah. So she's three tribes on her father's side and she's three tribes on my side. But she's only enough to be enrolled in my tribe. So if for some reason they changed the blood quantum, she wouldn't have an official tribe she's federally identified with. And there would be people who are like, oh, you're not, you're not card carrying native, you know? 
And so hard carrying na- that's, that's like, like becomes a whole thing. Too. I know, but like, wouldn't that be kind of beneficial for her to be like not on the radar? Where tribes have federal recognition stuff that affords us some rights because they were supposed to honor those treaties, which they didn't. Mm-hmm. But that federal recognition gives us some some function as because all tribes are sovereign nations. We are a nation within a nation status. Most people don't understand that or not familiar with it because of that. In the eyes of the U.S. government, the way they're supposed to honor it is like as if we we were France. As if mm-hmm. we were another country. Or like Puerto like Rico. We are, yeah, we are supposed to have yeah. uh, that. We have no, our own laws. But that sovereignty has been, it's been twisted and it's been taken from us. And so it was like, yeah, we give you this kind of on paper, but how much do you really get to like exercise that independence that you have? Well, yeah, you you get your federal recognition and stuff, but also we're going to send your kids to boarding schools. Also, like you have to go through the assimilation process. Also, we're going to remove you here. Also, we're going to do this. And so it became this convoluted, crazy history each tribe is different so it's really hard to like understand i'm native i should i don't know all the tribes in the country i don't know what all of it is there's some tribes that only have state recognition too it's (sighs) it's it's really complex and it becomes so difficult because whenever it's things that we all for the most part mutually agree on like it was like standing rock like we all knew hey man show up that's not our tribe that's not our people we're not even in that state guess what show up because at a certain point, Native American people, and this is also part of our more current history, this is like in the 60s and 70s and stuff with the, you know, forms of different organizations like the American Indian Movement, where we're regaining that sovereignty. Like I said, is that reclamation, is that taking back that space and those things. Something happened where I think a lot of tribes realized they came for all of us. They came for all of us. It wasn't just one particular group. They came for all of us. They're still coming for all of us. And if we don't show up, we're all we have. Mm-hmm. yeah there's people who want to be allies cool they still don't know how to do that and it's this generation of people who are like well let's figure out how to do this let's figure out our best ways of doing it and yeah i don't think the ptm foundation is going to be the solution to <laughs> native american issues and stuff but we're one small step in the right direction it's so it's part of a positive step. movement That's yeah, yeah. no um, it's a beautiful moment something. to be able to well, take their platform and then open it up to just the voices of the people of that region. It's just making everyone stop right. and listen. Right. And, and, and yeah. it's, like I said, I'm from a small town. I'm an artist. I'm not like a super well-known artist by any means. But I'm getting to talk to you guys and at least having some other people get exposed to information that they might not have known otherwise. Yeah. How did I do that? Because these guys helped me. You know, and I trusted them enough to help me. And that's how we so. met you is because we trust them enough to have sources that are important and know people that are lifting the right voices at the right time and trying to have the right connections so right. that it's mutual respect. Yeah. And respect is such a like universal thing. You it think it would be. be hard to figure out, but you know, it's really weird because it's kind of like the, like when people start getting into a knowledge of native issues and stuff. And like you said, they want like, I want to know everything. I want And I'm like, you're not going to know everything. That's By impossible. the way, some of us don't know everything. Mm-hmm. So. You're, you're like trying to come to me as like your end all be all resource of native issues i can't tell you but also I, I always like tell people when they're like well why can't i know all of like the traditional stuff and the sacred stuff and i'm like you don't know everything about the fucking universe are you mad at the universe it's not normal to think that you need to occupy every space that's an entitled way of thinking that you get even to know in everything too, even in so. religions that are free form right. join them all religions 
people don't sign up because they want to know all about it. Yeah. And there's even some religions that they won't let you in, like Scientology. Yeah. I want to know everything about Scientology because I think it's a fucking crazy ass cult. They're not going to let me in to find out. Respect it and move on in your life. It's a heritage and a culture. Right. You guys don't owe me anything. <laughs> right. You don't owe anyone claiming they're 1% anything, mm-hmm. anything. Exactly. But it's all so much. And like, I this know, is a right? drop in the fucking bucket. You're passionate and I love your stories. And I feel like I could sit and talk with you all day and just. Seriously. What I do as an artist gets to like reach people, at least on a visual level. For your that. art is so. Because that's like what it is amazing. too. Like I, you, how you said I paint people and stuff. I paint Vibrant. women that are like me or yeah. my daughter and stuff because it's like the museum thing the other day we walked into it and stuff I want my daughter to be able to go in those spaces with her children and say this belongs to us I have every right to be here look there are women that look like us this is where we are supposed to be Mm-hmm. This is what was made for me to see. It was made for me. This wasn't made by someone else. And like this, this was wasn't made curated based on my right. heritage. They're not going to be here eventually. Like in the course of that happening, it's like that's your plan is for us to be gone. No, I'm sorry. You're just going to end up several generations later with like little weird mud ass tribe people like me who are <laughs> like, oh no, by the way, I'm loud. I'm going to make like weird ass paintings. Still and, mad. Good. Yeah, it's, it's, you you got to stay mad. This is all fucking yeah. Bullshit. Stay More mad. people Stay should mad. feel like this. You've taught me a shitload in a very condensed amount of time. Broke my heart like five times. I feel uncomfortable and nauseous. And Good. That's how people should fucking feel listening yeah. to this shit. Because it's not okay. This uh, is why we got all the fucking talking turkey and shit out of I know. Head. Okay. But more importantly. <laughs> we're the dicks. We do. Yeah, we're the dicks. We do have Sex to. Sex is not dicks. Have, for yeah. people that want to know where to find you, support your art. Everybody buy her fucking art. It's gorgeous. Support you in your art and with anything you want people to follow and support. Where can they find you? Okay, so for people to find me and support my art, I have one big rule, and that is I'm nothing without my community. So I can't just tell you how to support my art. I'm going to tell you, follow Lynette Houses, follow Nanny Chacon, follow uh, Thrive Unlimited, the company I work with, follow Native artists, like Google us, find us, like look at our work. Like there's Native curators out there, there's Native museums, like go find us. My thing is I am like, I think I told you guys this earlier, I kind of keep not a super big radar of my social medias. I, I abuse the shit out of my Instagram. Eon Fluxes. <laughs> That's the thing I abuse the most. Um, also, like, there's native companies that do everything. Not just clothing and stuff. There's You can hire native companies that do landscaping. Do this, that. Like, support them. Look into where you're from and look because there's a good chance that you might not be that far from a reservation area. And if you have something you can offer up to them, if it's land, if it's some sort of resource, you can go and be like, hey, I just want to know how do I start turning this over to you? You. How do I start really trying to set things right in a real action and not just nice words, not just in a like goodwill display, like in a real action mm-hmm. and do it. Just do it. Like do your best to set things right. And also know that doesn't make you the world's greatest person. Everyone go to your library and check out a book actually written by an indigenous person about the histories. I'm going to do that. Listen to our podcast too. You know, there's, Um, there's podcasts, there's YouTubes, there's all, there's there's fucking all kinds of talks about all kinds of shit. Like I said, there's some that are great. Like I I always tell people like illuminative because they're really cool. They cover a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, They're good people. And uh, you know, it takes effort, but God damn it. Isn't this worth putting some effort to letting people who are the original caretakers 
Keepers of the fucking forest. Their, yes. At the very least. Yes. Guys. I'm like, that's our way Fuck. of life. That is our way of life. And when I say way of life, I'm not saying like, oh, we like, we're like, this is what we do. We're like, this is what, You're what killing we're, our home. we're from. This is yeah. like just, it's breathing to us. It's that, that's what it is. It's great to care and it's great to love. But if you are not loving in a way that matters, it's not like, it's anything at all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> thoughts and prayers. No. Oh, yeah. Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> thoughts and prayers. I tell you the yeah. thing Those where I was so like, expensive. thoughts, the T-H-O-T. Yeah, I tell you, that was pretty good. <laughs> I like that a I lot. I like that better. Yeah. And, um, Zach, where can people find you if they want to internet stalk your ass? The internet. Just, just see pictures of you <laughs> fishing and smiling. Yeah. And being well, adorbs. And then also, how can they find out more information about the foundation? Yeah. Check out ptmfoundation.org. We got a org that's pretty cool yeah um, you're and, legitimate uh, no bona fide uh and yeah portugal the man on you know all socials and googly things i totally agree with april like find out about the place that you're from and not only um find out native artists and writers and stuff and support and about the histories but also like current ones too right. yeah read some books man tommy yeah. orange he's 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 my dude i like that guy a lot oh, and uh yeah totally and oh, just like yeah mm-hmm. get get and it's it's just really fun to learn about the history of the place, the real history, and it's it's harder, but it is absolutely worth it. Yeah. Learn about it and care and be a good neighbor. It ain't that hard. And if you if, and you choose your own level of involvement, you can get hardcore as fuck, or just a little bit. If a lot of people do a little bit, big shit can happen. Right. I'm all about that, man. Just a little bit, you baby also, steps. Oh, you can also find Zach on farmersonly.com. Farmersonly.com. <laughs> He's got a picture with a fish. It's, fucking it's a yeah. fish or no fish. Zach yeah. has a fish. I got a fish. Well, April and Zach, we want to thank you guys so much for being on this podcast. And as we are going into fall holiday season, we hope that all of you are safe and with family. And again, just grateful for being able to sit down with the people in your life that you love, that are alive and well. Yeah. And really just be able to focus on that love of your family while always in the back of your mind remembering real fucking shit yeah gather and feast love and support one another that in a nutshell is what hallmark fucking holiday really represents now yeah Mm -hmm. the history is fucking totally made up yeah white people talk to white people oh my god talk yes. to grandma you guys yeah Jesus listen Christ. to this and then go talk to your white family yes please. and, and if they're uncomfortable yeah <laughs> if they're uncomfortable you're doing it right right all right bye, bye goodbye so hey bon if somebody wanted to hang out with us talk to us where can they find us um well we're at your house right now in your basement right but like on the online oh yeah well we're on instagram and twitter under the same name which mm-hmm. is no you are that oh right don't forget the no yeah okay. we're also on the facebook we are and it's just straight up you are that on facebook mm-hmm. we have a page and mm-hmm. a group so you can super participate or just follow along yeah what if somebody wanted to give us monies well my venmo name is oh no oh. <laughs> well we're on patreon mm-hmm. patreon.com forward slash you are that and yes. they can give us as little as a dollar a month and That's it helps a lot. support the podcast yeah it does it yeah. funds all of our stuffs um they could also give us high fives on review rating and subscribing mm-hmm. and uh maybe and some that's five free. stars yeah that's no money yes five yeah. stars is freaking fantastic and we love those we also have <laughs> merch do you know where they can find oh it? yeah yeah you could get things to put on your hot bods at you are that there's also like mugs and yeah. shit and hats yeah all kinds of stuff heads countertops we have you covered totes we have toes. We do have toes. <laughs>
<laughs> that was organic and beautiful. Oh my God, that's well, the best. We thank you so much for listening, sharing, rating, reviewing, all of the fun things, and participating. We hope you guys are enjoying this as much as we are. Yeah. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.